guys, welcome to another episode of the Ali Show, and today we have another very special guest, Mister. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right, so it's yeah. Theophil Poza, but we can call you Theo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, huh? We should just take the Theo to yeah. make it a little bit easy, easy for all of us. Easy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've but, got um, lots of different names here. In New yeah, Zealand. and you know, again, like what we said before, like I just don't like to butcher people's names, so yeah. I always ask, and you know, you want to get that right. Dude, I greatly appreciate a, that. A little bit of respect there, you know. Mm. Um, Theo, anyway, before we uh, get into any of it, how are you today, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good. Recharged. Did kind of what I needed to this morning and uh, had a bit of a sauna. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you. Bro, it's, um, we were just talking about the uh, sauna as well earlier. You know, um, there's so many positive benefits of like, you know, using the sauna mm. and uh, using it as a form of recovery. Um, how, how often do you uh, try to get in the sauna? Bro, not as not as much as we like. N- nowhere near as much as we all should, <laughs> but that comes with like any strategy that we know is good for us, right? But like if you can put little bits in, it's good. If I can get in there at least every month or a couple times a month, like I'm always going to feel a bit better. And like the more I learn from other people about the benefits of it, the more that when I do it, I'm receptive to those benefits. And I'm like, okay, this is a cool strategy that I probably should add to my life more often. The, the thing with the sauna though, like um, is there a specific amount of time and like the temperature? I've been hearing different thoughts about this yeah like, yeah there's a few bits of study dr Rhonda patrick she's really good at breaking this down if anyone's interested in this the found my fitness page mm. she discusses the protocols that have been done that have shown the benefits in terms of releasing the anti-inflammatory compounds there's heat shock proteins huge increases in human growth hormone um the temperature honestly i forget half the time because it's fahrenheit and things like that and for example because i don't have like a personal sauna at home mm. i go to like the mount albert aquatic center i'll just go with whatever temperature is there oh basically you got to think of it it's like it's a stressor so just have it as hot as you can handle without like burning out but still like stressing and challenging the system so for some people that if they're not accustomed to heat stress that's going to be quite low so to, there is a temperature that the studies have done to show these benefits. Mm. I don't know what that is, yeah. but it's just like just get in heat and stress the system. Mm. In terms of time intervals, yeah, bro. Mm. Well, not shock, right? Shock yeah. is when you probably Full overreach too yeah. much on that stressor. But well, then again, it, it like you said, it depends. Different people have different. For uh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. for some, like th- that's the thing as well. When you go in the sauna, sometimes you look at a few people. You look at their faces, right? Yeah. Some people are like real comfortable, and some people are like uneasy, yeah. and they. You and know. people come in for like two minutes and then bugger <laughs> off. And it's like you're not gonna get much of a yeah. stimulus for two minutes. That's yeah. like coming up to a bar at like you're gonna try to get better at your squats or grow your legs. <laughs> you lift the bar four times and then walk away. Like you're not gonna get <laughs> enough of a stimulus for mm-hmm. adaptation at that level so some of the studies have done 20 minute sessions mm. and i know the one that's had like a huge increase i should have brought my diary with all my notes in it Ooh, but yeah. um two 20 minute sessions so mm. you have a little break in between so i just did 20 minutes this morning and that works for me mm. and if i'm really feeling brave and i'm not too taxed on my nervous system i'll go back in and do another little round but 20 minutes and i'm just trying to control the breathing and when the inside voice is telling you it's getting really hot you just try and like calm the heart rate and come back down because yeah. i'll do movements in there too i'll play with my joints uh, that's crazy talking yeah. about that like uh, you know you have that voice in your head you know mm-hmm. that tells you oh man that's it's always there that's <laughs> enough. get out get out now and like you you know you just keep trying to push yourself mm-hmm. you're like nah i'm gonna stay another minute another two minutes yep. you know and yep. just keep pushing awareness and thoughtful right yeah, it bro. helps you control that that's crazy and you never really know how far you can go until you push yourself to that you know that corner 100 percent. that's why i think like things like marathons triathlons and like these you know spartan races or 
CrossFit Games or any contact sport, right? Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. That's why we, we like this. We need that stressor to challenge ourselves. Hey guys, stop letting your body go on in pain and feeling sore all the time, man. Start putting some deposits in your health bank and take care of your vessel. Go get yourself an amazing massage gun from Sharpen Recovery. It's a very affordable and lasts a long time. Highly recommend it. It probably costs less than five meals outside and definitely cheaper than a pair of shoes. Instead of getting something that's going to be on your feet, why not get this massage gun to massage those feet and legs? Go to sharpenedrecovery.com and use the code ALICHANNEL for 20% off your guns. Yes, 20%. You can thank me later. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go get yourself some amazing gear. We won't do it ourselves on a regular day today, but if we put ourselves and sign ourselves up for something where there's other people around and there's our own... Yeah, if you've got that thing there to get you going, then you can find out those answers about yourself. I think that's why we love martial arts so much, right? It's because you, you can get there on like a, you don't have to run 42Ks to get there. <laughs> you get there in fucking three minutes when you're getting your ass whipped by someone or you're trying to figure out your positioning or you're trying to breathe mm. under pressure and you've got someone on top of you, you're in your head the whole time. It's like a hundred things happening at the same time. It's crazy. You gotta control um, yourself. But anyway, Theo, before we uh, carry on, for those who might not know who you are, could you just mm. give a brief introduction about yourself? Sweet. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Tilfid Poiser. Um, what am I? I am a physical therapist, I guess. I'm a health enthusiast, a health coach. I'm just trying to figure out how to live my life as best as possible. And I keep finding that learning about the body and how it works and how my mind works and my interpretation of my hormones and reality and everything, I just seem to live a bit of life. So my quest is just to try and help people figure that out as I keep learning about it because I just geek out on it and I find it fascinating. So... Man, that's yeah. awesome. And, uh, you know, talking about learning about the body is there's just so much about the body um, to learn about. And I, what would you say there's a lot of things that like we as human beings still have not learned and fully understood? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think the more intelligent or the more learned you are, the more you realize you don't know. I don't know if it's a Terence McKenna quote, but it's like as the bonfire of like enlightenment grows, it illuminates the surface area of the shit you don't know. So there's always more to learn. And like even like from a school of physiotherapy, like a lot of we're just adapting things quite often because the scientific literature is, is changing and be like, well, actually, this thing that we thought was really good, we realize doesn't have as much effect as we believed or we haven't used it correctly. Mm. Like take icing, for example, the rest ice compress elevate protocol. The gentleman who came up with that protocol based off the literature that he'd studied or the science that he did, sorry, came out pretty soon afterwards or recently anyway, has said, well, I misinterpreted the literature. We don't really want to be resting, icing, compressing and elevating because we're blocking the inflammatory cascade. We're stopping inflammation, right? When you get sore and something happens, mm. you get swollen, you get an injury. Inflammation is a natural part of the healing response. We need those chemicals. We need that inflammation to happen to break down the damaged tissue in the old cells to make space for the new collagen and new tissues to come in and repair. So if you're icing something and constricting your blood vessels, yes, you'll be temporarily blunting swelling, but are you delaying the healing response? Mm. That's the argument there. And yeah. there's a really strong argument for it. It's, really it's not to say there aren't situations where a bit of ice can be beneficial, but it can really only be used as like topical pain relief. Oh, yeah. Yo, that's... Yeah, so 
for anyone listening out there, if you do have, you get these knocks and these injuries, it's, it's about like trying to get active movement and like flushing the fluid and getting movement. And then as those new tissues are being laid down, like the new wall is being repaired is using that with the right amount of force to make sure that those tissues are lined up nice and straight. Right, the same principles we've been doing with you mm. with with your shoulder and yes, bro. we talk about all your injuries <laughs> on here, bro. But we all have them, yeah, right? Definitely, bro. Yeah, I've, I mean, there's there's no lie. I mean, I'm having like real bad shoulder injuries yeah. and neck injuries, and like it, it's just part and parcel mm. of um, you know if you are doing any sport, you know yep. that doesn't mean just combat sport, but like any sport, yep. you know, there's always going to be injuries. But yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about this whole icing thing because like. Um, that's what we've always been taught from the very beginning, like, yeah, you man. know, back in the day when you started, like, yep. if you have a, a you know, you, you, you not break, but like you injure something or this, that, what not, yep. like ice pack, yep. chuck the ice on, yep. leave it there. That's what it is. I know. So, so it's not about like throwing out the baby with the bathwater completely. It's just acknowledging that this stimulus or this input like ice has an effect. What is that effect? Here's what we thought it was because... Well, we knew it would stop swelling, but we know now swelling is part of the injury equation, right? So it doesn't mean that when you do exercise, you want to have lots of swelling. It's just, is it the most effective strategy for recovering that tissue, which mm. is to rest and put something on it? And it's like, no, mm. because there's a reason if you have like a total hip replacement or a knee surgery, we try to get you standing day one. We need load, we need movement, but we need the right amounts without overreaching or exceeding it. And that's all an injury is, right? Mm -hmm. So when the load exceeds the capacity to bear that load, if I grab the mic stand and put more stress than the capacity for the stand to absorb, something's going to give. So you have to play with that equation. Man, Theo, you, um, I like how you you go into detail with a lot of these things, and you have a lot of interest with it, bro. Mm. How did this, like, how did this come about? Why did you, <laughs> you know, what what triggered this, like, uh, you know, the search for learning about this, and what makes you want to do it in the first place? It's a good question. Mm. I don't know if anyone's really asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Like my instinct was to be like, because I've broken myself so many times, mm. I fractured my foot, my shin, I've torn a PCL, I've got my clavicle floating out of place, three ligaments there, multiple tears there, and I've managed to avoid surgery on them. And it's and it's just because I'm I'm just I just find it fucking interesting. Mm. I just find it really interesting to figure it out. And I think a lot of us are kind of hungry to do it. And yeah, I I have to meditate on this a bit more and figure out exactly why. But I've mm, just that's like always a very deep question. Yeah, I've always <laughs> yeah because it's my life, dude. Mm, you know, yeah, like bro. it's literally been the entire trajectory of my life since I've been in high school. Wow. Since I learned about like even like physical education, learning about the bones and how the system works, I'm like, well, the thing is, is because like everybody has a body, right? We all have a similar body, the same mechanics, if you will. We all have the same chance of responsibility to take care of it if we're lucky. Um, so like, it's never a bad thing to learn about how the body works because it's your vehicle by which you like experience reality, right? As far as we know, this is our uh, one shot that we get on here, regardless of your beliefs of your afterlife and whatnot. It's like, take care of what you know immediately you have, which is your body, your tissues, your mind. These, and then the more you learn, the more you realize that each system is interlinked and then each system is dependent on the other one, right? How you move affects your hormones, how your hormones affects how you think. How you think affects how you interpret things that happen to you, mm. which goes back into what you eat, how you think, how you move. And it's just this, you know, intricate cycle. So I just keep figuring out little analogies that make me understand the whole thing. I'll listen to people far more intelligent than me mm. breaking things down. I'll read a bit of science. I'll read some textbooks and some things like that. But 
having the conversations with different people that have vested interests in different aspects of the systems kind of helps you realize how it fits all together. Mm, and the, the more you do that, I mean, like I presume here we're talking to a huge part of the martial arts community. Mm. Everybody that trains martial arts at some point is invested in their health. Even if you just want to be able to do your techniques better, if you want to survive longer and better, but the more you understand the system, better off you'll be. Mm -hmm. um, just off camera just now, we mm. were talking about posture, right? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Go on. Um, you know, we we're talking about posture and um, this was one thing that I picked up from you uh, recently as well it's like when um, you know when I when I sit down wherever and then you know you start to slouch and then I kind of like man I, you know I push it, it just hits me and I was like man why am I slouching bro and then I sit back straight again like this was something that uh, you know when we did our sessions like uh, you kind of you this is a small little thing that you you corrected and like yeah. oh you know you, you want to uh, correct your posture and I was yeah. like oh and then it stuck with me bro so like I'm trying to build this habit of like every time I try to slouch you know or yeah. when I sit yeah. with you know with not on a chair I just make sure that I sit straight nice um, yeah talking about we were just talking about posture why is posture so important bro? posture isn't everything mm -hmm. but like anything it adds up so if you start having what we would deem shitty posture or posture where you're just not loaded in as balanced a position, the rest of how your mechanics fire after that are a little bit more compromised and implicated, mm. right? Let's say, for example, like the classic, like slouching in posture. And it's not to say you can never be in this position, right? And that's a big thing we've talked about. Like your best posture is your next posture. Like motion is lotion. The more you move, the better off you be. But there are periods where you will sit in a sustained position for a long time because the world for us is built around sitting. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank God mm. for the industrial revolution. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but we have to acknowledge that like we weren't designed for sitting in prolonged positions. So if you can make them a little bit more ideal, then that's a better off thing. So what we're talking about, yeah, like the slouching is a real simple one. If if your if your lower back tips inwards, typically you round the shoulders and bring your head forwards to counterbalance for that. And that just puts you into a position where the pecs and the muscles of the internal rotator shoulder, they just like to sit more forwards rotated. And so this starts to become their normal because they're here for a huge part of the day. That's all resting positions are, is where they like to sit for more often than not. Like if they're here all day, they will find this as their normal. And then we turn over a million punches, we do press ups, we do pushes and all of that. And then that's why we have issues out here, right? You go for a takedown, someone sprawls on you, forces you into that abduction extension position, or you miss a punch, and then some issues occur. Um, that's just one mechanical reason why being aware of like how you hold yourself is important. But some of the cool chats we've been having, or the, what I wanted to talk to you about was like how your posture will dictate how your body is speaking to itself in terms of the chemical cocktail that is being produced, right? Your hormones, that's what your body is constantly churning out. What we see is based off your posture, and Jordan Peterson has a really cool um, lecture on this, and even his first chapter in 12 Rules for Life is a great discussion on this. I would highly recommend if anyone's interested mm. in this. 12 Rules for Life by yeah. Jordan? Jordan Peterson. Peterson, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool. So he talks about how we share an um, intrinsic system with our crustacean ancestors which is basically like after defeat or victory, they will assume a more stooped posture or a more erect and proud posture. And based off that will dictate the amount of serotonin and different hormone chemicals that have to do with victory. And not so much victory, I guess. It's more about 
being able to take on more challenges and things like that and how the world views you in terms of where you sit in the hierarchy, right? Where there's hierarchies being misused quite a bit, but it's just how you hold yourself is how much respect sometimes people will give you as well. And some people, like we said, will hide from the world. And that's actually telling their body, they're secreting more of the hormones that have less to do with things that are going to make you more successful in this life and being taken more you know, seriously mm. by people and things like that. I said, like, even from a posture point of view, it's not great. Like uh, some of the young girls that I'll treat, if they're developing a chest, they'll hide from the world in here. Mm. Or young, timid boys that have been bullied will hide like this. So it's not to say you have to go around and strut like Conor McGregor and stuff, <laughs> but there's a reason he's doing it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an idea. <laughs> right? There's a reason he's doing that. Mm. And it's because he's speaking volumes to himself. He's on top of the world at that moment. So even just standing tall and upright, you're more alert, you're more aware, you're speaking to yourself in a better way, and you're less likely to develop, to develop contractures because you're always in this range here. Mm. And then if you start pushing and pulling and you're doing it in this position here, that's when we deal with irritations and overload. Which is what I educate people and get a lot of injuries and stuff you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. So it's not all and like yeah, don't take away from this conversation that posture is static and Mm. you need to be like this and never move. But typically, the more the head can be balanced on the shoulders, the shoulders sit on the rib cage and the rib cable on the pelvis, the better off you are. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's the other thing. Like you know, uh, there was one. picture you shared on your Instagram the other day which I thought was quite funny <laughs> about the um, <laughs> something to do with the banana shaped uh, yeah. it's like <laughs> if, if, if you can see this message straighten up you banana shaped fuck <laughs> and then we're all over on our phone the, the amount of people that send me a message saying dude I feel attacked because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're probably doing bro. oh my goodness yeah man. that's another one man deep neck flexors are quite weak for people because we're hinging forwards in the head quite a bit so when you guys do your strength and conditioning or we do any exercises have a think of the posture of the neck what's happening because a lot of people will plank push and pull and they'll just let their head either slump extend or be down and it's just like bring that chin in a little bit to engage those deep neck flexors because think of the spinal column like a hose right the spinal cord is what contains all the juice like the nervous system the activation and recruitment of muscle fibers if the hose is a little bit kinked if you're squatting fully extended or your Mm. head's down you're just not going to get as much juice down the hose so when you train think think of like your posture. Yeah, that's what you see as well. A lot of guys like, you know, you're just overextending your neck. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, big time. And, and like, you, sometimes when you look at it, like, I get a bit worried sometimes when I see people like, <clears throat> when they're squatting real heavy, bro. And then like, I look at the position of the bar and I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think that's really good for you. Eh? <laughs> I, I don't think there's been enough of an emphasis in the culture of, training and exercise the fitness industry for lack of a better word on making sure that people have the prerequisites before we add load Mm. to them it's a huge thing it's really changed my philosophy when i started learning about these principles Mm. but that's the thing as well like when uh, okay because like in this day and age there's Mm. just so easy access to gyms right i could just anybody no i just like anybody could just roll up to a gym sign up Mm. and start working out sure and nobody really cares what you're going to do in the gym. Nope. Uh, unless you're breaking something or yep. like, you know, you're disturbing other people. Like nobody gives a shit. Nope. There's all this equipment here, all these weights. And this like, this is what you see happens a lot is people just rock up and they just start doing whatever. And they probably don't have like zero knowledge. Yep. They just look and then they do. Yep. But the thing is, sometimes when you are looking at someone who's doing it wrong, 
you're gonna do it wrong as well. Yeah. And yeah, okay. that's a great point because we learn by mirror neurons by seeing. If we mm. see dynamic movement, we're trying to break it down in our head how it's being done, and that's why it's a real problem when we don't. We're not living in a world where we see enough dynamic movements, mm -hmm. or if our kids don't, that kind of thing. Because yeah, it lights up different areas of the brain. A huge part of the brain is represented by motor movement, almost fifty percent of overlapping areas. And so, if you're not seeing it all the time, let alone doing it, it's like your brain's not going to leave a light on in a room in the house that it's not using. But that light has like overlapping areas with different cognition, memory retention, attention on task, all of these kind of things. That's why when the body moves, the brain grooves. There's mm. direct correlations. Hey, you're dropping a lot of this. Uh, little one-liners yeah, makes it bro. fucking easy to remember it's, that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you forget all the details of certain things, you read a lot of interesting, like a great article. Just take away what, what's the nugget, right? Mm. Shout out to VDK for the nuggets. Yeah. He's the one that always <laughs> taught me how to find the nuggets and what it is and take that away. But yeah, huge correlations between movement and more brain capacity and when we're thinking about learning techniques and being able to think on the spot in dire situations those things are interlinked mm. i've done studies with kids where they had two group of kids coming in for the same exam split them in half once half goes outside does a quick bit of playing a little bit of exercise if you will they just go and play come straight back in on average 10 to 20 percent better on all their test scores wow the only difference to separate them was the fact that they moved yeah that's a very interesting statistic man and yeah. um you know, adding to what you said, well, you know, taking little nuggets as well. I just had a, uh, a meeting discussion last, um, sorry, early on in this week. And uh, it is said that when you have a meeting discussion, whatever, like statistics have shown that you only take away 10% mm. of what happened in that one hour or period or half an hour, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And how we, there are like ways to... Uh, enable you to retain more is by writing down taking down notes yeah. and you know just small little things and yeah. by writing it helps to reinforce and you probably take away like you retain 60 to 70 percent so from a 10 percent to a 60 70 percent that's a big difference bro yeah, it's a lot it's crazy um yeah. you know that's why like you know they say in lectures don't just sit down and listen mm. like take some notes and sure it's a reason why it's being said mm. um but talking about that like uh you know the other thing that i feel as well I don't know, maybe in this day and age, it's a little bit different, but... Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, back in the day, uh, like uh, personal trainers for me was like, it's, it was different then. They would approach people, talk to people and like, um, if they see something you're doing wrong, mm. they, they'll tell you about it and then they'll correct you and they'll show you what is the right way to teach you, bro? Yeah. Um, without being paid, mm. you know? But mm. I felt that as the years went by, slowly there was this shift to like... It's well, just PTs now. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I will only train you if like I'm paid for that time. Mm. I'm sitting there, like I'm probably at the gym sitting there, but I'm not going to bother about yeah. like going to people and telling yeah, people yeah. or whatever, like not unless you engage me or whatever, yeah. you know? It's, yeah, that's like a little bit of a... It's like a weird culture, like, you know, yeah. you th you'd think that if you were to approach, you socialize, talk to people, 
that people remember you and they it might work for you down the line they might engage you yeah. you know but there's probably some people out there doing that but i agree with you like i've i don't go to many conventional gyms now because mm. i have access to combat academy yeah. and ckb and stuff up here but i've gone to a few that with my partner and yeah I've, I've seen it and then i've seen the pt coming in with this old lady and i could see just how she was moving i was like that lady doesn't have a shoulder mm. and i'm watching this guy ask her to like dumbbell shoulder press and i'm like oh god i'm just dying inside i'm like <laughs> No, like you have to check if she has a shoulder first before mm. you ask her to have load. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go down that yeah. rabbit hole, man. But I'll rant a lot about yeah, that. But, well, but I think it's good to talk a little bit about it. But like, mm. what are your thoughts on like, um, you know, uh, just, okay, in general, like when you're there. Yeah. Would, if you see someone doing it wrong, would you say yeah. something to them? I try to, man. But the problem mm. is, is that like, I would forever be talking to people because <laughs> there's so much to educate. When someone's walking down the street, I can't help but analyze their gay and just be like, oh shit, there are some Achilles issues going on. Mm. That dude, that hip's not working. His foot's going all the way in, you know? Mm. But so I'm not going to stop a dude on the street around him and be like, I'm going to need your glute medius to start switching online. So we're going to do some lateral steps up three times 15 every day. It'd be, it'd be great. You're welcome. See you. yeah. <laughs> and just walk over. But, but we kind of do that in the gym. And I, okay, yeah. so this is a good point. It's a caveat, which is why we have to build a culture in whatever community we have, which is in the fight gym, which is strength and conditioning, which is any gym you go to, to understand how to take care and move the body and how to take care of your joints and tissues and what that means. And then to like be able to correct each other on that as you see it, like make it part of the culture. Mm. Right? Like normalize you, it yeah if you see someone doing it like a really shitty kick and they're not turning it over like someone might just be like oh brother just like step over the gym like open up that hip and then kick and then they'll be like yeah, thanks bro we need that but with like understanding dynamic movement why should we dynamic stretch over static stretching these kind of things i'll still turn up to a gym and like 15 20 minutes before class people are early just sitting down chatting or one guy's in the corner still statically stretching his groin, or someone's just doing these wild kicks on the bag, and it's be like, fuck, it'll be great to go in and see a culture where everyone's like, all right, is my shoulder working? Can I check with my shoulder? Someone's chatting and like doing some dynamic band work, you know, and someone's like, oh, bro, when you're pulling with your shoulder, it's all up here and jacked up, try and pull down. Like for us all as a collective to learn a few of those basics and how it goes, that'd be a dream for me. I reckon I'd just see so many less injuries. Yeah, exactly. If we, if we can build that culture. And that's really my goal, bro. Mm. That's my goal. Yeah, we'll get to the you know your goal and the stuff that you you, you want to build more in, in a second. I have some questions on that as well. But like, yeah, what we said, you know, um, the, just coming maybe like half an hour before your training or 40 minutes or whatever. You that's know. ideal. And we, and we can't always do that. Right? Yeah, we can't expect yeah. everyone to like have yeah. that, you know, yeah. not everybody has that amount of time to be able yes. to come. But maybe 15, 20 minutes even to just come before and yeah. do those uh, stretches, get your yeah. body. It's like, um, oh, oh, I can't remember where I heard it, but um, the warm-up before the warm-up, mm. right? So mm. you got to get your body ready. For yeah, the warm-up. It's just checking in with your tissues. Like, mm. does my knee, my hip, my shoulder, my lower back have the capacity for what I'm about to ask it to do? Have I checked in with it today? Have I done like a daily oil change? Have I woken up the receptors that fire feedback to my brain about where that joint is? Right? If I haven't isolated the movement and done that, my brain it isn't as aware of that tissue for the upcoming movement. Mm -hmm. and, if, uh, if you could do that 15 minutes beforehand or at least throw in a few sets and reps of corrective stuff afterwards, that would be great. I almost wonder because that hardly happens, and I'm guilty too, right? Sometimes I'm turning up, I'm, I'm barely, I don't, I don't have time to wrap yeah, today, yeah, just put rushing, my gloves yeah. on and, and get in, right? <laughs> Which is all right. But yeah. like that can't be the only stimulus that your tissues get is all of a sudden to throw 
XX combination yeah, of the day, drill of the day. Real quick. People, people won't always just go to 100. They're still smart. They'll build their way up. But like your shoulder can't only ever work in these ranges, right? And push, press, pull. It's got 270 degrees of movement and it needs to be challenged in those different areas as well. So you have to think, when else can I fit that in throughout your day? Because remember, sports, exercise is a human invention that we have done to compensate for no longer doing what we used to do, mm. right? We Ancestors never played sport in that sense because they were busy surviving, moving, hunting, and doing all that kind of stuff all the time. So you are compensating for generally living a sedentary lifestyle because of modern era in an hour, and you're compressing all of that lack of movement into an hour class that you enjoy doing the most whether it's your CrossFit, whether it's your kickboxing, whether it's your MMA, whether it's Jiu-Jitsu, whatever your disciplines are, you're, you're trying to fit that into it there. So if that's the only stimulus that your body is getting in those ranges, you're going to be missing out because you're not stimulating those tissues and those joints in other directions. So how can we combine that either as part of a 10, 15-minute routine dynamic warm-up or a few resistance sets that after your training? Even better yet, how could we do it as like trainers and clubs as part of the class? Mm, that's what that was what I was saying. Um, we had this conversation. I remember we had yeah. this conversation before. Is I feel like some part of the reason might be because lack of education because we fe- yep. they, people don't know. And we've always been taught to do it this way, so we'll always do it this way. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like uh, you know yeah like what you said you know being part of the training or even being taught how to do yep. this, like you because you when you're. I mean, you when your trainer or your 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 fight coach comes, you know, for the actual like boxing yeah. or kickboxing jiu-jitsu. It's time to box and do those drills. Exactly, yeah. and they don't have time to do all these no. other things, you know, before that. So you yeah. need to uh, find ways to learn that yes. and do it yourself. And that's why uh, that's how you actually separate like people who who are not serious about it and people who are like serious athletes or who, that's a good point. You know, um, that that's where that's where you can see the difference you know when you look at someone what they do before a training session mm-hmm. it can usually tell how serious they yep. are about what they're going to do uh, and i've watched some of those boys for a long time i know who's good and i know who's not <laughs> i've seen who does the mahi and i've seen who don't who just wake up and go you know i'm talking hey, to you you know you know who you are <laughs> But we're all guilty of it yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, yeah. it happens sometimes, but it shouldn't be the normal, you know. Yeah, and so so, so how do we close this gap, right? And what you were saying is like, so the ownership is typically on the individual to learn what this is, and that's what's hard because it's like, what do I do? There's so much information out there. All of it costs energy and time, which we can't account be bothered doing. So we have to be really sure or at least very confident in what we're doing is appropriate. We have to understand it, know how to do it. So with the hot, though, what how and why then we'll put that extra energy in to doing it the this is why i'm on a journey to learn this stuff not so i can find all the answers and be like i've got it but just because i want to know how to do that for myself and be able to teach other people because the ownership so some people are good they might go out and they'll do some yoga or they'll they'll try and do they're like if you ask anyone they're like i i think i need to stretch more everyone's like yeah i know i should stretch more but i'm like should you? Like, do you actually know what static stretching <laughs> is and what it gives you? Because I can guarantee you it's not going to prevent injuries. The difference between this, what you're static, static and dynamic. And dynamic right? yeah. The, yeah, Learning the difference between flexibility and mobility is mm. huge. It's everything, in my opinion. You, you're big in, um, you know, you're big on mobility. Yeah. Right. Uh, why? Why is that? And like, you know, how is mm. it, you know? Because the more mobile, so maybe we should explain that. Flexibility is what we call something passive. Right, is if I if I lift my leg, 
that's how flexible I am. I'm using that passively to get up there. How mobile I am is how much control of that range I have. So when I'm physically lifting my leg up myself. So it's the amount of control you have over your ranges of motion as opposed to how much range of motion is available. I don't care how far you can be forced by being pushed there. I care about how much force that you can absorb over the whole range, your access to it, because that's what means good quality tissue. If you're producing force over larger ranges of motion, i.e. you're mobile, you can control and own that stuff, then you can produce force there. You have more capacity out of those tissues, those joints, those ligaments, those muscles, those tendons. If I can give my athletes as much capacity as possible, then you can do whatever dynamic movements you want. Whether it's wanting to head kick people into your 50s, right? Or whether it's just wanting to be able to dance at your grandkids' wedding. The rules for each of us are the same. Our demands are different. And that's why like, you know, high level martial arts and stuff is different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, learning that I think is big. And this is the hard part is because you have to kind of go out and find that knowledge. And some guys are really good at it. And some guys have really invested it and they'll learn about it and stuff like that. You know, that's why you see Brad rolling and doing Mm -hmm. all these kind of things first and like really playing with these tissues. Yeah, he's one of the, you know, I tell a lot of people as well. Like, you know, if you, you know, people who approach me and ask me like some questions or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I say, look, you know, if you want to learn or um, you want to follow an example. Yes. Like uh, one that I can say just straight off. You comfortably know, head, comfortably is Quite. look at what Brad is doing yeah. right um, see what he does before his training this is Brad Riddell for people yes, who don't Brad know Brad Riddell yes we're talking about Brad Quake Riddell shout um, out Brad yeah and look at him and what he does before his training and after training and how he's very disciplined in doing this yes. you know and you can take a, you can take a lot from what he does mm-hmm. and then just by watching okay obviously you don't you might not fully understand what he's yeah. doing and then after after you see what he's doing go and find some answers you know you can google a 10 15 video video ex- on the exactly. flexibility and mobility or something but so this is i think the there's a demand and a desire for this everybody wants to kind of understand and know these things a bit better and how they fit into the whole system that's what i'm really excited about to try and be more of an educator on because i find myself having these conversations with the majority of my patients anyway I'll have these conversations 12 times a day in different aspects of it and teaching people how to build quality tissue and what access to range looks like, right? How to, yeah, basically be able to have more capacity in those tissues. Yeah, you were talking about, um, you know, earlier, uh, I can't remember exactly the, you know, you said there was a program or something that you were interested in looking at what was that one about i'm, I'm an interest in a lot of programs <laughs> i've I spent more money on like education programs and different things than i have anything else in my life <laughs> yo that's uh because well, i find it fascinating it's pursuit of knowledge right yeah like, you it, know it's yeah it's exciting you constantly want to be learning things yeah. and uh you know chasing after yeah. you know knowledge and stuff yeah. like that but um okay sorry I, I just said before i go on to that um when did you start your your martial arts journey Mm. I would have started when I finished university, or my last year of university, which would have been 2011, 2012. I always wanted to do much. I did a tiny bit of judo when I was a kid, mm. when I was like six years old, and I remember liking it. And I did some fencing, and that was really cool when I was living in England, and I went and competed in fencing, and it was so cool. That's why I'm a left-hand orthodox. I'm a left-hander, but I stand orthodox, because fencing, you'd have your sword hand forwards. On the left. Yeah, so I was okay. always balanced on that mm. side there. And, um, and I always wanted to learn how to fight 
because I was always super anxious during conflict. I just hated it and I just like my heart, which is what happens to a young man. Whenever you get in these confronting situations, you don't really know necessarily what to handle. It's just instinct, yeah. yeah. Well, you jam up, right? And I always wanted to do it through uni, but I never had the balls to turn up to a gym because I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. And so I just did weightlifting, which is what a lot of young men do, right? Like, if I, if I just get big and swollen, then I'll be like, I'll be strong and respected, you know, and the woman will want me. <laughs> so you do that stuff when you're younger. And then I went back home to Gisborne when I was finishing my studies. And I caught up with an old mate who had gone and done the Tiger Muay Thai adventure. Mm. Shout out to um, Adam for showing me the ropes. And so I just went up to him. I was like, bro, can you just like show me like what, what am I aiming for? What am I trying to do? And so he just took me through like my fight stance and we just played with some pads and stuff in there. And I was just, I was just pretty much hooked at that point onwards. He's like, bro, come to jujitsu next week. I'm going to go down to the jujitsu class down there, turned up there and just, yeah, was, was in love with it at that moment there. Started rolling and I was big at this time too. Like I'm like 82 kilos at the moment. I was like 95 kilos. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I was big and I had a lot of weight and muscle. And I remember I was rolling... I was rolling with this old wizard, bro. He's like the the old master Yoda of the club. He must have been like 55, 60. Shout out to Terry Brooking. Whoa. He caught me in an armbar and I knew I was in a bad position. I could feel it. But I was like, I'm twice, I'm literally twice to three times this guy's size. I should be able to like pull my arm. I know I shouldn't slam him, but I could just, let me just rip my arm out. So I just tore my rotator cuff trying to rip my arm out. And he's like, why didn't you tap? And I was like, I didn't really know. And it was ego thing yeah. too, right? Like I just thought I could pull my arm out. So my first jiu-jitsu class, I ruptured my rotator cuff. Took basically oh. three, now actually six months to fix it because I went back to lifting too quick. And then six months later, footy fixed. I was like, I've got an option here. I know I got checkmated. Mm. I can either just be like, screw this shit. My ego's not going to screw them and just go back to weightlifting. Or I can go there and be like, all right, like, what, what did you do? How do I do that to other people? And how do I not get caught in that position again? Mm. And that's basically, I've just been on the path since then. Wow. Damn, it's pretty cool. And um, throughout your uh, martial arts adventures, I understand you've adventures. done a bit of traveling, yeah. um, you know, and you've you've actually traveled and worked with a lot of the UFC boys as well. Mm. You know, the boys from City Kickboxing from way back in the day. Um, tell us a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of that. Share some stories, yeah. man. Yeah, that's the beauty of martial arts is it's just, I guess if you follow anything with passion, you'll eventually do some cool shit, right? And do some different stuff. But I think around training for a few years and then I got to meet the other guy in Gizzy who was really good. Um, he was, this is Jamie Vanderkill, who was training out of city at the time. Uh, mates with Izzy and Dan and these guys. And whenever he'd come home, we would just train together and froth on it. And I was really keen to go do the Tiger Muay Thai adventure experience. Mm. I did the whole Ryu thing, man. I got a, a bit, just a canvas backpack. Oh. I put my gloves in it, a couple yeah. changes of clothes <laughs> and some shin guards. And I took off to Thailand. <laughs> Turned up to that. This is when um, Brad Riddell and Kai Kata France were at were, Tiger. Were there. Yeah, yeah, so this must have been around 2015. Mm. So I just turned up there to do a bit of training. and try. So I did a fight camp there. Try to have a fight there on the beatdown, but the guy pulled out the day of, which was just like, ah, so I took off yeah, after yeah. that and explored Laos and Cambodia and then ended up at the bottom of Vietnam because while I was over there, Dan Hooker, Jamie Vanderkill, uh, Ev Ting, who's mm -hmm. been on 1FC and stuff like that, those boys got flown over there to try and build the team at Saigon Sports Club to build a bit of the fight team. Oh, okay. So Jamie was like, dude, if you're in Thailand, come, come over here, just crash on the floor and mm -hmm. we're just going to train. And so I just got to live that like pro fight lifestyle for like maybe six months it was. 
we would just wake up, train, go home, sleep, eat, wake yeah. up, take the classes, train in the evening, take another classes, go drive around on scooters all day, eating. Dude, it was wicked, man. It was like that the perfect was the life. And I just sleep on the floor, bro, and I just wake up, my shoulders are just fucked. It's like, oh. And I was like, this is what it means, the, you know? The simple life, bro. Yeah, just the getting my ass life. beat by Dan and Jamie every day, but it was great, man. Yeah. Sleeping on the concrete floors. Yeah. Bro, there's nothing like sleeping on... Man, if you've never experienced sleeping on concrete <laughs> floors Especially in your after, life. like, fighting, like, three times a day. <laughs> It's a different kind of grind, man. You get a huge appreciation for that. Yeah. So I got to see like Dan's full camp there. I can't believe what that guy managed to do because this mm. is when he was the division below too. Mm. And he was in, uh, what's that? Yeah. This is around when he did that. Uh, who, 145. Who Aoki, Aoki, he head kicked him. That was that fight he did. I saw that guy training harder than any of us for like the last two weeks off like two broccolis and an apple a day. <sighs> It honestly blows my mind yeah. what what his output was, and he still impresses me to it this day. The, that guy, man. So when you when you think about it, sometimes like um, you know, some people like to criticize you know people when they make it or when they're big they or no fucking idea you know, when they when they have all the luxuries, but like you have no idea probably what this guy goes through. Yeah, you know, man. like, and if you if you if you've never fucking slept on a concrete floor in your in your life. You have no right to criticize anybody, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who, who come out, like, and you see a lot of the, you know, talking about 1FC, you talk yeah. about the Asian fighters yeah. uh, from, from Thailand. Big, man. 1FC is putting on some wicked yeah, fights, bro, it's huge. It, it's definitely growing. Mm. And it's, it is, like, a, um, a huge market already. Like, they have, yeah. apparently, um, I heard the other time, the, the stats and the numbers, but, like, they have a, a huge following and the amount of money, yeah. the whole market they have, it's, it's huge, in the Asian market especially. But, like, you look at a lot of their fighters from third world countries and, like, mm. these guys don't have, you know, private saunas or cryotherapy no. or, you know, access yeah. to high-level education and all that sort of stuff. But they're still doing it. It's you know? kind of the beauty of fighting. I think mm. that's why there's a lot of, like, true fans out there is because it's just, it's like the ultimate test for mm. some way of anyone can just get in there and through hard determination and clever training. How, achieve how, achieve how, the highest version of themselves, right? Yeah. At what point they want to push that? I think that's why we all do it because we, like we said, it's that pushing ourselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest things there. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And um, so the uh, that trip that you did with Dan, and yeah. then um, after, did you get a fight after that one? No, so I had I did a fight camp there with all those boys, and then some one of the the head coach left there, so a lot of the people were starting to bounce. Um, I actually while we were still there, I ended up. One of the, the fighters there, Sotia Kichukov, he was like a Bulgarian MMA guy. He got a fight over in the Kazakhstani circuit. Oh. And he was like, hey, bro. I was like, there was no one at the time that could coach and corner him. Mm. And he's like, would you come help me and be in my corner? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, was, I was like, bro, just so you know, like I am that experience, but I'll help however I can, dude. Mm. And we just, and so I thought this was Russia. And like, bro, like four days before we went, we went up to the Russian embassy, which turned out to be the Chechnyan embassy. And mm. he's like, and I was like, dude, is this fight in Chechnya? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I was like Chechnya. I was like, is that where like every bad guy from every like action movie comes from? And I was like, all right, good. My mum sends me a list of like all this, like the terrorism things that have happened in Chechnya because they've just basically been leveled by the Russians twice, right? And, oh, damn. and so and yeah. bro, that was a hell of an adventure. But bro, it was like one of the most genuine displays of hospitality I've ever received. Really? Over there. Yeah, I loved my time damn. there. It was very under lock and key. Like we had, we were fully escorted the whole time. And like, we got greeted at the airport by like, you know, 
guys in AKs and they, mm. we jumped Sweet. in the vans and just like floored it at 140, two hours through red lights and everything. We got the full kind yeah. of presidential escort. Mm. That was a crazy adventure. But I, yeah, I Something loved it. Something different. You, you so different, bro. Dude, I'd jump on all that shit straight away, man. It was so cool. So when we came back to Vietnam and then uh, Jamie and I had fights back in, in New Zealand, so we came home for it. He did his pro kickboxing debut there. Um, my guy pulled out a week of again. Oh, man, again. The week of the fight. And yeah. I was just like, man, this sucks. Because I'd just been like, I was prepared, man. And I was ready for it. And then so I tried for another fight camp after that fight. And this was when I was back home in Gizzy, just working. And then I just trained by myself. or trained with my brother, Max. And um, Jamie would come back and help us train. And then one day he just didn't, he didn't turn up for training. And we were like, fuck. And then it was because, yeah, he'd passed away. He'd had an accident. And one of the, yeah, the most impressive people I've ever met or biggest influence in my life it just, just didn't turn up anymore. And so that was really tough. And it was really just confusing and hurt. And that's why, like, my heart, like, is, like, going out to the Vaki fam and everyone affected because you know yesterday the service mm -hmm. i mean as far as the service goes it was beautiful but you know you're still saying goodbye to an incredible person that touched a lot of people Definitely, and that yeah. sent me straight back to to a lot of the emotion in those moments it's, it's it's a tough one it's a very tough one like this whole week has been like even for myself um mm. like it's just um it's a bit hard to you know you got to take some time Mm. so i haven't been like very active on social media and all that as well like i just felt for myself like being in part in this community part of this community mm. knowing the brothers like uh it just didn't sit very well with me to carry on life like as per normal so you i just don't. like thought i you know i want to like take it easy for a while and not i don't you know i don't want to seem like uh it's, very, it's, it's a hard position you know to be in as well like you want to be together with with your your community, mm. your family. And, mm. um, you know, I don't want to put it out there like I'm really happy and, and you know, it's like, sure, that's man. just just not. So I just like, yeah, just take a break for a while and, yeah. you know, take this this time to grieve and to really understand, to be with those people as well. I think that's uh, nice, man. To show, you know, some, you know, some, whatever, whatever form of support. And, um, yeah. yeah, which I, I took a bit of time and I made, um, it's really, you know, um, I shared with uh, one of my mates I was just talking to just about two, three days ago. Uh, so a couple of months ago, um, John was fighting on a show uh, in Waihi in a eight-man mm. kickboxing yes. tournament. And uh, I, w I went for that one because um, I wanted to, you know, be a support, not only support John, but um, I did some filming for him, you know, mm -hmm. I did some record. I wanted to get some cool, you know, yeah. films of him and do like a, a little bit of a feature I've film. I've seen the tribute, mate. Yeah, man. yeah. Beautiful. And... Exactly, and when I was there, when I was doing the filming and all that, um, I had it in my folder on my PC for a while because um, the uh, events that happened on that day and then the, the first fight went really well. Second fight didn't go so well, mm -hmm. and I just was trying to be a bit more sensitive towards the situation. It's like, it might be not the best time to like go out and make a video like straight away. So I want to like give it a while, and then after a couple, you know, two months, three months, whatever, and I'll talk to John sure. again, and I say, hey, you happy for me to make a, a film out of this and like, you know, put it out. And so it, w it was just sitting on my PC, bro. I was just sitting there for a while. And then I thought about that, like, you know, when all this happened, the predicament mm -hmm. that, you know, if I was in, I was like, man, I want to I open up that folder and see what I have. And when I open up that folder, bro, and I looked back at all the videos that mm -hmm. I shot, there's so many videos that I took a file, bro. Mm -hmm. And like, when I was like at home, sitting down on my PC and going through the footage, like it made my, it made my, the hairs on my, on the back of my neck stand, bro. Like I was like, yo, 
like it just mm. I just I didn't know what to say bro I was like man I was recording so much of this guy and who would have known this would be the last time that I would have recorded because um you know I I, I mean no, they among the brothers the next person that who I actually wanted to have on the podcast mm. was Paul yeah you know I, I was It was John was the first one, and then I went like let it sit for a while, and then Fowl was gonna be the second one, and then after that James, yeah. but he was actually the next person that I thought of having on the podcast, yeah, yeah. and um, you know like all these little things that I mean I was like it's crazy like you know the guy you know I I, I didn't have the opportunity to know him for a very long time, mm. but in this short amount of time that I did know him like it's just positive it's yeah just positive every time we see each other mm. we're smiling yeah, bro. we're shaking hands we're hugging we're talking saying yeah. how you use everything's everything yeah. very positive bro. this guy yeah, like i'm are you i can't seem to remember a time where i did not see him and you know like where i saw him unhappy yeah you know and it's just it's just crazy bro like you think about it that you know how the situation happened um Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard it's a hard one, eh? It is, bro. It sucks. It just like there's nothing at the end of the day. Like you just, it's like it's sad and it sucks. Mm. And like grief will take like people. You just take your time and you just like the only positive out of this is how it brings community together. It brings people together in their grief and and then they're trying to be processing. And like I've just been incredibly like thoughtful. Like I've just been in thought a lot the last just over this whole time since since this incident. You know. And you, it is. You just think. You reflect. You you start to realize what you truly value. What is it that you want? It's a it's a horrible reminder that tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone. I guess it's just a reminder to live your life to the fullest, right? Not to be cliche, but that's what like Jamie represented to me. And like I saw this post that Mark and a bunch of the boys had shared about that Lee Fowl did, just of exactly that of just like living present, a living lot, happy in your day. Posts, yeah, a lot of his posts was yeah, yeah. you know being. Uh, grateful you know yeah. that to realize you are blessed you know mm-hmm. and you have this and you have that for sure and, and i must admit like that's that's a a attribute that gets cultured and nurtured in martial arts like a lot of people like that's why i love the martial arts community and wherever i travel i will always sync up with some aspect of the martial arts community because you always get genuine humble grateful people exactly 100% bro and um You know, like uh, there's always that misconception of like people who who do combat sports or fight are like rough and tough. Sure, I mean, there's always idiots in anything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You get outliers in anything, mm-hmm. but across the most sport, yeah, agreed with you. Yeah, people people can't see it beyond violence. Now, I, I don't know how. Like, I don't know much about it, but like you know, there has been a lot of talk. I mean, obviously, I do not agree with um, the coward punches, right? So the So for people who don't know, who are just finding out about mm, this and stuff like that, mm. you know that how this incident happened was, uh, Fa was attacked from the back, and he fell and hit his head on the ground, right? And I, I okay, I have had this happen to me before. Mm. So uh, years, years ago, um, at a bar, there was a little bit of a fight, and it went outside. And so I was talking. Me and my mate was talking to this other guy. This, uh, I think he was. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly where he was from. Might be a Russian guy or whatever. Um, and so I was facing him and talking to him. And apparently his mate came from the back and he just smashed me right on the back of the head. And uh, I got knocked. Like I got knocked. Like I 
it just went blank, bro. Hit the ground. Were you on concrete? Uh, yeah, in Bali on the road. And that was like in Lagyan. So it was like the it's main like, street, yeah. right? So hit the road. But a few seconds later, I woke up. And when I woke up, I saw my mate was already like, he was beating up uh, the guy who attacked me. And I was like, bro, straight on, boom. I was like, I know. Because like, I got hit by someone. Yeah. I fell. I didn't know like how long I was out or whatever, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it wasn't very long. And then when I saw my mate attack the guy, I, but that must have been the guy. That, yeah. So I just went in as well. Like, and his mate was trying to attack. So it turned to a big fight. And when this whole thing happened, like I think about it again. I was like, man, you start to realize that that could have been me, bro. Yep. Like, you know, and I was like, it, it was not the, unfortunately in my life, that was not the first time it happened to me. Yeah. Uh, there was another time um, I got attacked from the back and uh, I think this guy had a lighter in his hand. Um, hit me hit me from the back. I was waiting for a cab yeah. going home and uh, he slit uh, my eyebrow and I had like eight right. eight stitches yeah. or whatever. Hit me from the back and my whole face was covered in blood and shit. I was like, yo, that's, that was rough. And I think in the only good thing that you can take away from this tragic and horrible situation, I didn't want to say it, put it that way as a good thing, but it's like it's spiking the conversations and mm. it's making people way more reflective on what they've done and hopefully how they'll behave in the future. You can mm. only hope so. Um, yeah, I've worked as a doorman with a bunch of my best mates. Mm. Um, Jamie being one of them at the time, me, Maxie and Ben and a bunch of the other boys would work in this popular, the only bar to go out in Gizzy, to be honest. <laughs> we were the doorman to, if anyone wanted a good time, they had to be kind to us to a certain mm. point. But people, you know, when they're on the piss, they'll do yeah. whatever they want. But I just... It just amazed me how how like and I was training the whole time, so the last thing I wanted to do was to fucking scrap someone mm, at, exactly. in a bar, especially when I'm sober. Yeah, and, and were you like in a suit and all of that? Yeah, like, well, I mean, oh, it's, you're it's, you'll, good, you'll, yeah. you'll throw people out, but like it's it just amazed me how quick, how keen people were to fight that have like one first of all no idea how to fight, Man. but like I saw some where like there was this confrontations so did, and then someone would bail and they would just come sprinting in from the blind side and throw shots. Mm. I remember that there's a couple guys I remember to this day and I'll never give them any respect because I've seen them do that to other people. And then this was meters away from the bar as they're leaving. But like I'm there on the ground, like holding this guy's head in recovery position while his girlfriend's screaming, he's covered in blood and the ambulance is coming in. And I guess I'm a healer. Like that's what I do. Mm. Like I try and help people. So like I'm just sensitive to that fucking kind of mm. shit. I don't like it, but like, and, and because ever since I was young, I remember hearing stories of how this happened in Australia in a town that someone got cracked, hit their head mm. and that person lost their life. So I was always mindful of it. So this, this, this just hits home and it's awful. Um, yeah. And I just, I just think people like, hopefully we can just, everyone can just reflect a bit more on their, their actions and be grateful for how lucky they've been and try to be less of a fuckwit in the future that's, for lack of a better word that's like yeah that's the, that I think like a little bit is like a problem with alcohol as well you Huge. know like we got a big binge drink binge drinking culture, problem yeah. yeah and like you know Australia I mean, as well I, well I, I, I'm not saying drinking is wrong but like if you drink to a point where you know you want to attack someone from the back like, you're not in control of your emotions yeah that's why this situation is tragic for everyone it's tragic first of all for like an incredible young man who's lost his life and then his family and his daughter and everyone that's left behind. It's tragic for the entire community that affects. It's also tragic for the for the person that's done this because that cunt's life is fucked. Pardon the language, but you know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one, he has to live that with the rest of his life. God knows what's going to happen to him with his incarceration, whatever else. And hopefully, he gets the justice he does deserve. 
But like, it, it also means that there's people out there that are in such a, a painful way in their life or in an insecure position in their life where they react so emotionally, right? There's conflict. They don't like that guy. They need to prove something to themselves or their peers. So they run over there and instinctively react to trying to put someone Head down. From the back. Yeah, exactly. The, the worst right? thing so, is hitting someone from the 100%. back. 100%. Like, and that, that's how a lot of people get knocked out. Like, yeah. when you get hit with a shot you don't see coming. That's so dangerous, man. And, man, like, I know, I've heard the, a little bit, a longer version of the yeah. story, and I don't want to, like, you know, put this out there. Yeah, but, I don't think we need to clear yeah, that on here. But, but, you know, like, the thing is, like, when you, it's, I mean, if you think about it, right, when you, when you do that to someone, what is your intention, like? You're, I don't, you're trying I'm, to cause yeah, I, you're trying much, to hurt someone right and like not just hurt them, you're saying seriously hurt somebody seriously hurt someone so people that do that are typically in a position of great pain themselves it's an expression onwards it's, right it's you sad, always hear man. the story of like the kid that gets beaten up by his dad so he goes and expresses that Beats out on someone up, else yeah. so you know there is truth to they say that only only love will conquer all in the sense like because you can't combat hate with hate right you can't fight fire with fire because then everything's fucking burnt down to a crisp by the end of it an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Whatever you want to yeah. use here. But I don't know. Which is also why I think like if people invest in their health and get really interested in learning about health, you will address some of these other factors in your life that might lead you to react emotionally in that way. That person might not be thinking, I'm going to kill this guy at the time. They're just reacting emotionally and throwing something there. I don't know. I can't speak for the specifics. But what it, for me, it goes back to the philosophy that if you learn how to take care of yourself, and treat yourself like someone you're responsible for taking care of, mm. which is very hard to do and easy to say, but very hard to do. People take better care of their pets than they do of themselves. True, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's, if you can, if you can, you know, take the responsibility of taking care of yourself, you may at some point along the journey figure out these other factors as well. Yeah. And I mean, um, since we're on the topic of it, for uh, for those who don't know, there's actually a Give a Little page. Um, uh, I'll, pu I'll put up links to that as well and I'll share that on my stories and whatever, um, you know, to help the family of Fao. Um, his very young daughter who was left behind. It was very sad, you know, looking at that. Like, that was one of the most painful ones. And, mm. um, you know, it's not, I mean, if, even if you can give a small amount of money, it's definitely going to go a long way. So um, I sure. hope you guys can give, you know, can, I mean, I know as, you know, human beings, we can deep, you know, dig deep in our pockets and try to uh, help, you know, people around us, especially like this situation that happens, that happened here, this is like really close to us for all people in New Zealand. Like it's, mm. it's, it's here, yeah. it's really close, you know? And yeah. I mean, <clears throat> something that I, I, I like to tell people as well, like, look, Put it this way, man. If it were to happen to someone you love, what would you do? You know, and this is someone that we all love and mm. he stood for something more than himself, you know, and we, you know, we need to get behind and, uh, you know, help his family. So, yeah, um, dig deep in your pockets and try to give. Um, I know we can do way better mm. uh, than what it's at at the moment. And, you know, I hope uh, people remember at the end of the day, man, your money's not going to take you, you're not going to take your money with you after you go. So like, while in this life, while you have your money, help people, man. Like, put, you know, help whatever cause that you want to do. You want to help, you know, people from around the world or you want to help orphans or you want to help whatever, like, just help, man. Like, if you can, definitely. If, if you can, definitely, yeah. if you can. And it's crazy, you know, 
I've seen people who don't have much to give, give, give a lot. Yeah, for sure they will. And the people Cause, who cause have... Because they know what it's like to not have exactly, a lot. Exactly, man. Yeah. And people who have so much just don't share that same, you know, it's it's sad. Um, but that is the world and that's how the world is. But man, if you can, if you have some form of, uh, you know, uh, sympathy or, you know, just like look at the situation and think about, you know, what if the roles were reversed, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, you know, we we should really like, um, you know, moving forward, mm. look at how much this guy has done in his life, uh, what he stood for. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about mm. a lot was how this guy always smiled a lot. Mm. Bro. He was always smiling. So, you know, I want to make it like more uh, part of like my life, you know, like when I, it reminds me every time I see someone, I always Yo. smile and, you know, just greet them and say, hello, how are you? You know, yeah. like just that is something that I want to, his leg, for me, yeah. his legacy is his smile, bro, you know, yeah. and I want to be able to pass that around. That's know? beautiful, man. That's, yeah, man. that's the biggest thing I took away from losing Jamie is, is being like, what, what did this person represent for me? What was that light? And can I keep that going on? Can I nurture and grow it? How do I embody the qualities that I admired most in this person? And you're right, for Lee Fowler, it was his smile, man. That grin was infectious. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. imagine you're sparring with the bro, and he 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 lands a good one on you, and he's smiling. There's no there's no malicious intent though. There's business there. I've seen I've seen him get down to business, bro, and then like and when he's got his business face on, like. <laughs> Is he? All those boys yeah, are on guard, serious, man. You know, man, and that—that's yeah. why it is. Yeah, it's like, damn, you kind of you lose that, you lose everything when the person goes. But we will keep a smile, my friend. Definitely, I promise you. We'll, we'll pass that on. That. We'll pass that on. Right. Um, yeah, man, and um, yeah. So the you know talking about like um, we actually had this chat before, or you you were trying to build a program, or you want to hold like a yeah. you know. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, man. What yeah. were your plans are with so, that? So what I'm trying to figure out is all of this knowledge that i'm trying to accumulate to fit into the system for the sake of because i treat primarily martial artists and i train martial arts i've started to see and i've trained everywhere man i've trained in lots of different places i've gone to jackson winks in albuquerque new mexico Ooh. just to see like are they doing anything different with like injury prevention because they boast like quite a high injury minimum pullout but it's because they've got a couple high level therapists as part of their gym as well i've gone to henzo graces in new york i've done tiger i've done a bunch of these different places just to be like, all right, is there anyone structuring or, or doing some kind of education on how we take care of things, right? How do we like promote health for the shoulder and the rotator cuff and all of these kind of, all these little tidbits that I think fit back into performance, health, and most importantly, longevity in the sport. Um, and so what I'm trying to figure out now is instead of having just one-on-one -on -one conversations with my patients for, you know, while I'm treating them and giving them exercises for 30 minutes to an hour and I'm having the same conversations 12 times a day, Am I better off trying to figure out a way of putting everyone, putting all the information together and delivering that content in a realistic, applicable and digestible way for people? And so where I'm at at the moment is I want to do education workshops and seminars because I've done a bunch of those in the past. And I think you kind of need that interpersonal skills and playing with it and getting together. So it would be about bringing out these concepts, explaining the sort of the why and the what, and then we play with the how together, right? So, so yeah, I think... So far, doing educational workshops and seminars, I'm going to get better at media and posting like, hey, mm -hmm. this is a really good movement for the shoulder to combat these mm -hmm. type of things and these common things. But it's about the philosophy. You've got to understand the mechanics. 
and the philosophy behind it. And then you can apply your own methods and your principles, right? Same thing, like we learn about like framing, controlling range, having people react to feints. We don't just throw one twos. I can, sh millions of people can th show you how to throw a one two, but you can never put it together because you don't understand the principle behind it. So I think we need to approach that on a connective tissue and a joint health level. Man, that's really cool, bro. And I think like, um, there's, there's just lack, a lack of this yeah, at the moment. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And and people want to know it. And it's just like you have, like I said, you, the individuals have to go out there and find it and learn it, you know, and then they apply things like some trigger release and some more stuff beforehand. And we've talked about like Brad being really good with these kind of things. And so some people, and I'm not saying like I've got all the answers and no one else has figured this out. I'm just saying there's, there's a lack of connection between what we know and what the experts are saying and what 10 years of being a physical therapist has taught me in 10 years of doing martial arts has shown me where we need more of how can i put that together in a way just to like i really just want to grow new zealand martial arts because we're, we're like incredible per capita what we do on a world stage i mean exactly. we've got one of the richest histories of kickboxing let alone the pedigree that we're putting now on mixed martial arts is, is like incredible so and we've just done a lot of the same thing the same ways but i feel like there's a lot of like progressive minds mm. now. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that we have to, you know, the, the shift in weight cutting and nutrition has been huge in the last few years. We need to approach that from a connective tissue, like joint deposits point of view, right? Mm. That's the analogy I like to use. Like your health is a bank account. Training stress is a withdrawal from the account. How do you put deposits back into it? And we need to look at that specifically joint to joint for you. If you've got a really bad hip or you've got back pain, you need to make sure you're putting extra deposits into figuring out that area because by the time you've done your third or fourth wrestling, sparring and sprawling in a row, those deposits start to catch up, right? Yeah. And so now people are being more mindful of that from like a breathing and mindfulness point of view. Like there's all the pillars of health, right? Which is quite cool. I like seeing the guys working with Woody's, um, Woody's movement workshops and yeah. that. And I think that's really what we need. Understanding like nervous system I call recovery. Him Dave, I call him Dave, the breathing guru. Yeah, good. yeah. We need more of that, man. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's, and for how long I've known how important this is and tried to apply some principles myself, it's amazing me how long it's taken for us to catch up. Mm. But I want to do that from like, the, I guess, the physical therapy, joint integrity, and health point of view, because that's obviously what I specialize with. I've got multiple certifications in that. I've been teaching it for a long time. But you have to look at the system as a whole nutrition, mindfulness, movement recovery you've, you, breath work you, you can put so many different caps on it but you've got to just have a little bit from everything coming in and mm. knowing what those are eventually i'd like just to basically just do education health and teach people about the whole system teach people how to you know build metabolic flexibility in terms of the food groups they eat understanding certain things understanding why their hormones raise and crash how the sleep cycle affects all of these things mm. That would, I just find it fascinating. I'm learning about it all the time. And I know when I talk to people about this, their eyes light up and I'm like, that's because we're all hungry for this information. Exactly. <laughs> like, like what I was telling you the other time, like, you know, there's, it's because it's a leg of this stuff, you know, yep. like you don't go around and hear about, hey, you know, would you like to learn about yeah. how you can be, yeah. you know, improve your mobility? Some people do, but it's gotten, it gets, um, overshadowed by a bit of the woo-woo mm. stuff. Some people get a bit, 
worried if it starts sounding too woo and that's because in the past there has been quite a lot of snake oil salesmen you know <laughs> yeah. there and and there's one in the media right now with ufc and like oh, and, you know, right. i've been following that very closely and i'm so glad diego got out of there bro. i wish he'd done that it was sooner a, that God. was a very funny one man Ooh, i was like what you can see it happening the whole time so those kind of things don't yeah. help right and then so and but was that school of self-awareness? What a load of bullshit. Awareness, bro. It was just, it's just vamp- vampiric what he was doing, yeah. man. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with this um, uh, program, you know, that you're developing, um, when um, when do you think that you'll be able to like put it out there? Or? I'm hoping to around August. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going that's, away. That's really soon. It's yeah. soon. Yeah. And I, dude, I've been, building on this thinking about nothing thinking about nothing but this for like five years now and accumulating knowledge and putting it together and i've played with different things i've done one i've done a few things with the ckb boys i've done some with the gym back home did some with like new zealand women's judo that was really cool so it's about just i want to just keep practicing and doing this and refining it to be as effective as possible so if there is anyone out there that is interested in this philosophy or just wants to link up and share ideas and these kind of things i'm always down for that for sure so yeah i'm, I'm going to be um not taking patience really over the next two, three months so I can just sit down and work on this. I'm actually going to Mexico in three weeks. Oh. And I'm going to just have some time Sheesh. over there to work on this. You're yeah, heading to Mexico. Fly Me- out on the 17th. Mexico just to work on this. Bro. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking this a little bit too far. No, no, no. I have a wicked opportunity. Okay. My amazing yeah. partner scored a job over there. Oh, um, wow. She's got a lead role in an acting gig that they're filming over there. Oh, damn. And so we've got a place and stuff there. So I'm like, this is perfect for me just to back. Because I just don't have the energy when I'm shooting 12 people a day to kind of put all this together on top of training and stuff. So I'm, And I really want to focus on this more because I just mm. feel like it's something that's going to be put this program yeah together just play with this Whoa, idea and these, so sharing these ideas and how to ref, you know reform it and get it out there and get involvement from people and you know i've talked to a bunch of different coaches i feel like i've got a good standing in the community now from working the shows and mm. talking to people and being like you as a coach what's most valuable for you you know some coaches be like i need my guys need to warm up in five ten minutes they can't do a 40 minute warm-up mm. my head's like why well, you probably <laughs> yeah we can do it okay so five to ten minutes okay so how what does a warm-up involve you know how can we achieve that very quickly yeah. oh man that's Those so cool so how long are you going to be uh away there for uh, um Taylor? about eight weeks nine weeks i think so oh, we're, we're planning wee, coming back in while, August. Man. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. if my shoulder hurts i'm not gonna see bro. Dude, <laughs> we can do a skype session you've got your homework though you know what you need to be doing and while i'm away my the rest of the team at physiologic can take care of you so team, shout out yeah, to physiologic physiologic anyone, team at physiologic, yeah 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 for sure if anybody needs Man, um, that's gonna be so dope, man! Yeah. Having a holiday at Mexico, man. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I wanna go as well. <laughs> Have a holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It's the the opportunity is not lost. Whereabouts in uh, Mexico? Uh, right? Tijuana. Oh, yeah. So bro. just south of LA into San Diego Ooh. and then Tijuana. Then You'll be yeah. like rubbing shoulder with all the sicarios and like you know, you see next thing you know, like <laughs> so, you're driving around in one of the four by fours, like AK hanging out the window. <laughs> hey, that's deal. I, I, I did that shit in Chechnya already, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I had that, and then some of the some of the some of the bosses mm. in in Vietnam at Saigon Sport Clubs were there were some OGs, man. Those guys oh, were cool. Yo. I've got to do some pretty cool things there. Yeah, yeah Chechnya is a very interesting place. Definitely very interesting yeah. place. I'd go again mm. if I had the opportunity. I'd go again. Yeah, from the experience that yeah, you had, yeah, 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 it's yeah. crazy. 
Is we got our asses whooped though. Every foreigner that turned up got their ass beat by that Chechenian grappling. Yeah. The what? What about? I, I remember before, just before we did the uh, we started recording. There was something else that you were telling me about. Something that you wanted to work on as well. Was it? Was it this one, or was it any uh, uh, another thing that you were talking about? Uh, I'm trying to think. There's always yeah. lots of things I like to work on. Yeah, there was a there was something you mentioned to me about you know you inter- you said you were interested to have a chat with like uh, Eugene and all that. About the, oh yeah, oh, the re- that oh, okay. So we were talking about the icing. Oh okay, right? yeah, and, the, okay. and the implications yeah, yeah. Okay. of this stuff. So mm-hmm. this, I, and I've just listened to a podcast. So if anyone interested, this is the Andrew Huberman Lab podcast. Okay. Andrew so he, he's a guy who's got his finger on the pulse for a lot of like interesting f- science on the physiology of the body mm-hmm. that's coming out. So on this podcast, he was discussing new science that's been adopted very quickly by military and special, not special services, um, rescue services like firefighters and oh, stuff. Yes. And it, to, to, to butcher his intelligent discussion in a nutshell, <laughs> <laughs> it's about how to rapidly cool the body. All right. So with exercise, the body starts to overheat. It's a natural byproduct of producing energy and stuff through there. It is the biggest deleterious effect on performance in the sense that heating up and getting too hot is literally what makes you stop. You might not think I'm overheating and stopping, but you will naturally start to slow down, which is why you stop in a marathon. You can't go and these kind of things is because your body is literally overheating. So Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. It's about how efficient you can be at getting rid of excessive heat, which is why, as humans, we sweat, right? Mm. That's, that's how we naturally get rid of heat and stuff through there, which is why other animals will pant and things like that, because they can't sweat it just as much. But the, the research is talking... So you would think that chucking someone in an ice bath would be the most effective way of cooling the core body temperature. Mm. And there's a new way that they've discovered because of the anatomy of the body that's far less effort and far more effective, which is you bypass certain areas of the body where you have to transmit heat when you use your in your face, the palms of your hands, and the bottom of your feet. Mm. They're way more effective at transferring heat than any other part of the body. So they've done studies, and this is, I need to read the studies. Mm. This is just a discussion I've heard, which as I was listening to this, I was like, man, there's some pretty amazing implications for cornering MMA fights, let alone just conditioning training for martial arts, which is they had someone do, I think, max dips or max pull-ups. I think it was max dips in that day, and they could do 60 or whatever it was with how many sets in between. And on the second day, they got them straight back, and you would think normally that would be a bit fatigued and harder to do. But this time, in between sets when they were resting, they would rapidly cool the hands and the feet. So they would put their hands in below temperature of water. So it's not quite mm. ice. You're not holding onto a block of ice, mm. but they would cool the feet, the hands and the face. And the recovery was amazing. And Ooh. they increased strength two to threefold. Ooh. They did two to three times more repetitions after that. So he talks very well about, he talks about the physiology of why you bypass areas for cooling through the hands, the face, and the feet. But you know when we have a corner and we'll come in and fight in between rounds and we'll put ice and we'll try to cool oh, their oh, shoulders, yeah, shoulders and their chest? And yeah. 
if you have the fighter passing it and open obviously boxing you can't do it yeah, but like MMA gloves right. you have pads of the palms Balls, yeah. but I'm wondering about the implications of doing it on the feet transferring back and forth to the feet back mm. and forth to the hands and even just a quick pass over there on the face, so for yeah. this this morning for example in the sauna when I came out and I go and hit the cold shower next door normally I just sit under the shower mm. this time I focused on the shower hitting my face and my hands and then I would turn around and make sure it was hitting my feet so, very subjective, but it felt like it was calling me a lot quicker. Mm. Science seems to back that up to the point where, like I said, military and fire rescue services have taken this up because they get exposed to extreme heat, heat conditions yeah. as well. So he talks about it from an endurance point of view. People running could have a, a cold frozen bottle, take that off their hip, pass that between their hands mm. to cool the temperature and recover that quite quickly. Isn't that also why during uh, in between boxing rounds, usually you see... Um, this happens Pouring with the... Water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you see what happens with the... A lot of the Mexican fighters like yeah. they'll pour water on the head. Yeah, you're trying to cool your fighter down. Yeah, right. That's essentially what you're doing. Now, the most effective way, scientifically proven, to cool someone down mm. is by bypassing the capillaries by using the hands, the feet, and the face. Mm. So, in most fighting, you'll be barefoot, right? Yes. Unless you're boxing, I guess. Yeah. Unless so, you're boxing. so in boxing, you don't have access to the face. So, why not like get like a really like almost cold, frozen, damp cloth and just like. Mm. obviously they've got the, got yeah, the cut man it's, there's more yeah. to it than just this mm. but even like in between rounds of like the spider training that we do or like hard conditioning rounds if as the person's recovering if they have like a cold you know not quite because you don't want to you don't want to be frozen right because then mm. you you'll constrict the blood vessels yeah. too much and you'll lose grip strength mm. and stuff like that you find the right amount of cooling i think it begs yeah, that, to be investigated a lot more on and so i want to have a chat with a few people with this huge i'm going to chat to you about this at mm. some point eugene um and anyone who's interested i think yeah, there's some, talking about that it makes a lot of sense like mm. that cold like that damp uh cloth yeah and then just like you know yeah Kind of when you're cold, face, yeah. what do you want the most? You want you, you want gloves and socks on because yeah. that's where you'll expel body heat mm. and absorb body heat the most. Yeah, and that's well, when you when you're cold, that's where it's like you feel it's the cold, isn't it? Yeah, your yeah. hands. Yeah, because your the blood, nose. The, the blood will go from the mm. peripheries to heat up the core, so it goes away from the outer passes and to heat up the core. Man, that's so yeah. cool. That's a, that's Trends. actually very interesting. I'll, so I'll, that, that that's I'll one way that we can that. leverage physiology for performance. And, and yeah, that, that's what these are the things I find super interesting. And then we were talking about like collagen before and sort of, you know, having a source of that oh, in your yes. body and your, in your diet. But that's another way to like leverage certain nutrients to make sure they're going to be delivered to the right areas of the body. Now, the delivery process depends on how you move more mm. than anything, right? Yeah, we we're talking about like um, diets. And I think the other one that we talked about the other time was... Um, the carnivore diet mm. we talked about in one of our uh, the physio sessions that we did, we were doing, um, and you talked to me about I can't remember what's his name. Uh, this Mark guy, Sisson. yes, Mark Sisson, about and, and metabolic was, flexibility. Yes, yeah. and he was talking about that, and that one's really interesting. Um, yeah. sh sh can you share? You know, I don't want to butcher. No, no, <laughs> you're right. Can you share with us? Uh, um, well, carnivore particularly is more about, I think, a food elimination diet. Like if you're only just eating this protein, you're going to not be eating a whole lot of other things that your body can have inflammatory reactions to. But what we were discussing more was about metabolic flexibility, right? So your metabolism is, the, is how much does it cost for your body to maintain itself at rest, Right, So me and my size that I'm currently at costs X amount of energy right now for Theo just to maintain himself. That's my metabolic rate. And that's why if you eat way more than you're burning off to maintain yourself or exercising, you'll typically put on weight. And if you're eating less than your mm. cost to maintain yourself or exercising, you will typically lose weight. Right, That's a very simple way with way more nuance to it than that. 
but your metabolism will take in fuel that you've eaten, burn it, right, or break it down into its constituent parts to create energy and rebuild itself, and then you poop out the byproduct. What your body uses for fuel is very interesting, and that's the difference between carbohydrates and glucose is the preferred fuel source for the body because it's quick and easy to use or lipids and fats so fat metabolism and a bit of protein metabolism in there as well like you'll metabolize everything mm. but your body likes to primarily use one or two fuel sources to get the meta metabolism to processes to happen to create energy and that a lot of us because of common dietary lifestyle are really efficient at burning glucose and calories as a primary fuel source and a lot of us don't train or haven't trained the metabolism to be able to switch to mm. fat yeah. as a primary fuel source and so mark sisson's primal blueprint his books on that is a really good explanation of how to build that metabolic flexibility and the plethora of important things that happen from a health point of view that happen with that so this is where you have to be careful as athletes because you do need a lot of carbohydrates. Mm. You do need the right amount. But for a lot of people that are there interested in, in health and losing weight, it's a lot of them haven't trained their metabolism to be able to switch to fat as a fuel source. And if you think of the body and its infinite wisdom over millions of years of evolution, it has been designed to be effective at burning stored energy which is fat, fat yeah. right we never had constant access to food all the time sometimes we were successful at hunting and foraging sometimes mm. less successful so we were a bit more designed to find food and gorge on it when it was ripe and available and then store the excess energy as a very efficient form of battery mm. on your stomach and your hips generally closer to the center of mass and then mm. it spreads out further if you get a lot of storage right mm. unfortunately some people are like that yeah so your body is literally storing excessive energy. The issue is, is when there's, you're always used to burning glucose and carbohydrates from different forms of carbohydrates. And if you don't know what the hierarchy to carbohydrates are, I would highly recommend learning a little bit about that. There's a big difference between the different types of carbohydrates and how they impact your body. If your body always has access to carbohydrates, it is not as effective at then metabolizing and breaking down fat, which you have excess stored on you. Mm. So learning how to leverage that is quite an important thing. And that's what Mark's thoughts. And that's what intermittent fasting can be a really powerful tool. When you go through periods of not eating, your body has to be like, okay, we're in a little bit of, you don't want to call it starvation mode, but we're a little bit more of like nothing's coming in mode. Can we access what's there? and you know use and burn that up but if you haven't trained your body because it always has glucose and you haven't taught it to use fat as a fuel source by eating higher things and fat mm. and protein and less in carbohydrates that's what ketosis are mm. ketosis is when your body is burning fat as a primary fuel source and the byproduct of that is your liver i believe it is produces ketones which is very healthy for the brain very healthy for a bunch of different things a cool analogy that i've thought of is Think of it like if, if your system, your metabolism is like a fireplace and you want heat and good things coming off the fire. 
Carbohydrate can be a lot more like kindling or thin sticks. Mm. It burns really hot, it burns really quickly, but it leaves a lot of ash behind, mm. right? Whereas like if you can have your metabolic flexibility or you can get your metabolism trained to burning a lot more fat and then a bit, and the proteins as well, but if you can get it to really use fat effectively, it's like a log on the fire. It might not burn as quick and as hot, which is why glucose is really important for explosive performance. That's why if you're doing that a lot, you don't want to just be in keto as, a, mm. as an explosive athlete, I think. This is where, like, going outside of my realm. Oh, I just crept up. <laughs> um, but but the principle is still there. Is like, you know, so if you are going through periods of trying to eat the same amount of food but over a shortened window, so you're intermittent fasting, if you can you break that fast with things that are going to train your metabolism to access more fat, mm-hmm. right? So you make a gangster omelette with spinach and mushrooms and eggs, or you do, you know, and you can find vegan mm-hmm. sources of this and stuff like that as you can as well, but you'll typically get, a, you have carbohydrates inside vegetables and stuff as well, so you do need to be mindful of it. It's just the difference between bread and pasta, really. Sorry. You're uh, good. Refill your water. Um, Thank you. Which one would you like, Rob? Um, yeah, whatever. Whatever? Yep. Red one, purple yep. one. Whatever's in, in, whatever you have in excess, bro. I'll oh, take one of them. Oh, you can choose whichever you like, brother. Uh, give me that purple stuff. Purple one? Yeah. I'm trying to purple one. It's not that one that I usually have. Yep. I, I really should be sponsored by vitamin water. <laughs> I, I thought you were, bro. What I've seen on the podcast, <laughs> the little clips there. It's like perfect product placement. Mm. I just love vitamin <laughs> water. And instead of, um, Giving people like, you know, fucking sugary drinks and soft drinks and whatever. Don't get it twisted. This is sugar, bro. Yeah, there is, there is, there is. But like, you know. This is a little okay, bit of a salesman see. tactic, bro. Let's I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> Shall we go? So this is one good thing. If okay, you want to learn about it. your health, learn about ingredients. Oh, learn to read your labels. 22 grams is nothing, bro. <laughs> 22 grams. That's, that's, not, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. You that's know, like, bad. but... I mean, you talk about average drinks, you're talking about 40, 50 grams of sugar. That's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we're, we're very active people as well anyway. Yep. So like we probably need... and yeah, like You need I'm, the energy. Yeah, sure. I'm quite the sweet tooth myself. And um, I just find if I don't have that sugar, man, I struggle, bro. Yeah. Like you just feel tired. it could be and... because you're not metabolized to mm. processing fat or you're not... If you don't have the sugar, you have to have a very rich source of fat. So this is where people go wrong is they'll starve themselves mm. and switch food sources. Mm-hmm. You know? It's and like I want I want you to eat so much fat and protein that you're just like, whoa, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that can be very dangerous. Like um, that's, that's one of the things as well. Like when I was younger, you know, everybody was... Well... It helped me, like, because I was really skinny and stuff. Mm. So I wanted like gain weight. So every yep. class you take, you, know, you buy your mass gainer, you buy your shit. weight all protein. Uni, bro. That's how I got to ninety five <laughs> kilos. And I was just like, oh, it, mass, give me all the protein, the yeah, mass gainer. It I could. did help. Yeah, but it will start. Eventually, it will start costing you. It will start exactly, wrecking your bro. digestive system. Mm. You're not getting the fiber that you need. You're not getting the enzymes from all the different food groups. What's coming it, what's, in. what's it with the uh, really smelly fats as well? That's the other one. You have yeah. like, really high protein. This is a really good indicator of health. One of the first things that I learned, and it's probably one of the most important things, is your digestive system Mm -hmm. if your digestive system isn't functioning very well you have compromised immune function you're not going to be breaking down nutrients from your foods as properly your hormones that you produce like 70 percent of your neurotransmitters are made in the gut neurotransmitters are the chemical messengers for your brain 80 percent of your immune system resides in the gut so if you have digestive distress you're in trouble like before you worry about any supplements before you worry about any other aspect of your health if your stomach and your digestion isn't doing right, you need to learn how to sort that out first, right? And it's not it's, it's not always as simple as just taking probiotics. Mm. That's a good start. 
learn about why you need to take probiotics and then how you feed the probiotics good bacteria and fibers. And if you're like, well, what does that mean? How do I know if my gut's not right? If, you've, if you're not regular with your shits and your shits aren't fucking good, mm. you know, you know when you're pooping clean and well and when you're not pooping clean. It seems weird, but know your poop. Yeah. Like if you can know your it, poop it and you're, you're regular and you're on time <laughs> and it's it's coming out clean and efficient. But if, you, if you're doing like doink farts all the time and like it's sludging out, mm. like you'll know after you've had a bender, like yeah. pay attention to your toilet habits yeah. and like you know you're in distress yet because you've just basically fed it poison which mm. is literally your body trying to expel everything yeah so learning how you how your digestion works and how what your bathroom habits are in relation to like what kind of foods you've been eating how much and when mm. i think is really powerful the more in tune you can be with that the closer you'll be to health mm. how but the other thing as well is like um you know not many people are exposed to like uh, getting access to a dietitian, asking these, you know, you don't need getting, one. Getting, if I'm perfectly honest, if you're if you're on if you're trying to expertly weight cut and mm. these kind of things, then oh, yes, you need you yeah, need someone to count things. Definitely. And, and like for some people, it's like you know, a lot of people can learn about a really healthy shoulder without necessarily having to come to me. Mm. I'm just really good at like going straight to the source, which is what you go to a dietitian for. But man, like the amount of free information and incredible discussions there are out there from people who are breaking these topics down. There's a lot. You just got to search You can it. learn. A lot. Yeah. You, you have to be interested, but there's a lot of downtime, which is why podcasts, right? This format of discussion is so great because someone could be listening to us right now on their car on their drive to work for their 15, 20 minute commute. Mm. And then they're downloading information or they're being involved in a discussion that they're generally interested in or that they're extracting a lot of information from. I would say that's a huge part of my knowledge base mm. is I've just been a fanatic listening to podcasts. And then I like this person. I like what they're saying. I like how they're saying it. So I'll be like, all right, I'll follow them on media or I'll, they've got a book. Fantastic. Let me get that book. Can I read this book? Maybe I'm better off listening to it on an audio book because I just don't have the time. Or I really like this book. I want it on my shelf. I want to be able to flick through the pages. You just branch out and your knowledge base, you go to this guy's podcast and you hear this person and then you listen to this. You know, obviously you're going to always listen to this podcast, right? Of course. So this is where you start. <laughs> but like, it, it's called autodidact, like self-educated in that sense because so much of this information is free. After Jamie passed away, I tried to finish, we, we were in another fight camp. I tried to finish that fight camp and I even had Tojo came and stayed with me and we're like the master Yoda of, of kickboxing in New Zealand to help me finish through fucking week before that fight guess what happened guy pulled out again oh. and i was just like this is my third camp in a row with someone pulling out yeah. and i'd done a bunch of jiu-jitsu tournaments so i was used to like kind of getting the exam at the end of the test yeah. at the end of the study mm. but I, and so i was like screw this and i was just like you were saying like are we meant just to you just go on with your normal life mm. like after file you know like it just feels weird you can't quite do that so i was really stuck and my sister had an opportunity she was working in the super yachts and one of the oh. boats had been put into the harbor to be fixed in Italy. And she's like, do you want to come here and do something different? And I was like, yep. She's like, you got any building mates that can come help us? And I was like, yep. So me and five of my best mates from Gizzy lived on the Italian coast fixing this boat. Oh, Some damn. of it wasn't glorious. Some of it was amazing work. I got to drive through Monaco and the south of France picking up shit. And then there was days where I was just grinding rust like in the Mediterranean summer in a full suit, just dripping wet. But dude, I loved it. It was just like thoughtless. Experience. Just, just, just mine. Like I, I was just able just to reflect on my thoughts and I didn't have to do anything mm. but grind rust. And while I was doing that, I was downloading information. I was, I listened to just hundreds of podcasts over that time, oh, hours, I know, eight hours man. a day of podcasts. And then at lunchtime, we would all discuss and chat about these things. Exactly, and then, bro. and it, dude, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, I'm not saying you have to be grinding rust for eight hours to listen to a <laughs> podcast, 
But like when you mow your lawns, when you do the mm. dishes, if you have the opportunity, fill up that time to listen to people talking about these things. You could go pay someone to do this for you, but at the end of the day, you're the ones that has to make those decisions on when you eat, what you eat, how you eat. And, and the more informed you can be of an understanding, the better decisions you'll make with your food on when to maybe not break your fast. Or no, I, I need to because I've got this cognitive demanding task or, you know, I felt tired. I started my day with, with wheat bix and cereal and that's why I reached for another muffin when I had a coffee at 10 o'clock, you know. Mm. I'm having a three or four o'clock coffee in the afternoon. If you're not aware how caffeine works because you haven't hey. listened to someone talk about it, yeah. you may be stuck in a cycle of over-caffeine dependence mm. and shitty sleep. Talking about recovery. caffeine, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. There. Talking <laughs> about caffeine, you told me earlier on today you're on a, a, a no caffeine, uh, you know, yeah. strict diet. Everyone's at home like, "Fuck you, Theo! Don't take my <laughs> coffee away from me! Don't you talk shit about my coffee!" I'm what's, not. What's I with the uh, what's with the no coffee, bro? Tell um, us. I I'm just taking uh, a step back from caffeine a little bit, so I'll cycle caffeine. Okay. Instead of like always caffeine all my life, it's like anything. When you have a compound, you have receptors in your body that bind to it and do shit mm. with it those receptors can become desensitized mm. to it because it's just there all the time that's the problem with insulin right with sugar when people have always carbohydrates and sugar the insulin stops being sensitive to it so your body either can't produce the right amount or it doesn't acknowledge it's there that's when you're diabetic mm. caffeine it, it, pretty much everything has this kind of effect on us the issue with caffeine is it can block the signals of being tired so that your body doesn't start shutting down and getting into the deep and the important stages of sleep. Sleep, sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so caffeine has the same molecular structure as adenosine, which is what it binds to. All you need to know that is that if you have caffeine later in the day and the afternoon, a large part of that caffeine is still in your system when you're trying to sleep. So normally the byproduct of being awake right, as you, you produce this compound called adenosine, which when bound to the receptor, your body's like, oh, okay, we've been awake for quite a while now, and sun's probably going down, it's time to start sort of getting the system ready for shutdown and recovery, because it's the only time you recover, right, is when you sleep, that's like the other most fundamental, important pillar of health, I used to think it was movement, nutrition, and sleep, mm-hmm. after you learn enough about sleep, you'll realize that sleep is the pillar upon which movement and nutrition rest, if sleep's wobbly and dodgy, you're going to really be messing up the other things. And there's too many guys out there that train like professionals and recover like complete amateurs. Mm. And there's people who aren't even professional that train like professionals, right? A lot of people in the fight game train super hard. And that's like in a very endearing quality. And you need to to build that mental fortitude and the skill set. Exactly. But people do themselves such a disservice, man. They hamstring themselves by not recovering properly. So how does caffeine fit into that? So that byproduct of being awake throughout the day, you get that compound, and then you start to shut down and get ready for sleep. Caffeine binds to that receptor, so your body doesn't feel that signal of tiredness. Mm. So when you have coffee in the morning, you feel super alert. Coffee, I don't actually think gives you any energy. It just blocks the signals of fatigue. Mm. The problem is, is that caffeine has a half-life of, I think like eight to 12 hours. Half-life meaning, Halfway through, the mm. uh, uh, half of 12, the caffeine is still in your system. Mm-hmm. So six hours on from taking coffee, half of that caffeine is still in your system. So if so I have a caffeine curfew. So by lunchtime, 
no more coffee. Wow. So I'll have my morning coffee typically and that'll keep me going because I've just gotten better at it. And then if I'm really struggling, 10, 11. But if I have a three o'clock coffee, I know I'm quite sensitive and it's going to impact my sleep. So, And then some people are just smashing caffeine before trainings all the time and stuff. So yeah. you do have to be mindful mm. on how it's impacting your sleep. And you're like, yeah, I still, I still get to sleep. It's like you get to sleep, but are you reaching the deep stages of recovery? Mm. I'm not saying it stops you sleeping. I'm saying it impacts the beneficial aspects of sleep. That's so interesting because like, I mean, you think about it, if like, for example, for someone like myself who does a very physical job, Yo. like, um, so you started a day, I'm smashing a coffee yeah. already, yeah. like early morning, boom, Question, coffee. do you have any water before you have your first coffee? Yes, Good. I have two glasses of uh, water, like uh, every morning. So Good. you have my, I have my one full glass of water and then I ha have a glass of uh, vitamin C. Like, nice. You know, okay. you have that tablet, you put that in. The water is important, man. Because people just put rocket fuel in the engine oh. and go. It's like, no, no, yeah. just it's too much. start the engine <laughs> first, bro. You don't go cold, put pedal to yeah, the middle. Bro, too much, too fast. Flush, flush flush not, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like, uh, you know, you because it's a very physical job, like mm. half day, you know, usually by lunch, you're like, man, you're feeling tired already. Yeah. So you're like, hey, another coffee. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. And then you finish that day, you're tired again. Now, oh, man, I got to go training now. Yeah. I need energy to train. Yes. So boom, we smash the third coffee. You need that energy to come for a more efficient delivery of fuel. <laughs> of, of fuel. I, and I started to realize after a while, I was like, man, this is not the no. best way to be going about yeah. how much coffee I'm taking in yeah. a day, bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was, I, I, I've slept fine like mm. at night, but again, but, you're get, you, but you're waking up tired yes. because you're not getting to those deep stages Ex of sleep. So exactly. what do you need? You need a coffee. And because you've had that alertness early on, you're going to need it throughout the day. So typically in this equation, I reckon it's about playing with adding in more food, add in more fat, protein, mm. and a little bit of good carbohydrate, right? Not refined carbohydrate yeah, I changed, into your food. I changed things up a little bit and I felt it was a little bit better. But also the thing was what Free I noticed. training snack? Uh, yeah. yeah. And well, the other thing that I noticed was... Um, uh, when you keep having too much coffee, you'll start to feel like the coffee is not working for me anymore. Sure. You yeah. know, like, because like what you said, you know, when your body gets too you used, reset from it. Yeah. And then so that, like, what you're doing now, I, I kind of understand like why you are doing this whole yeah. cycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. Maybe I should actually uh, give that a go as well. Play with it. Try, and, yeah. and caffeine withdrawal is serious. Like mm. people actually get headaches and feel like shit and oh. almost get flu-like symptoms. Oh, if rough. you've never not had mm. caffeine and you just tell you just go cold turkey on it, there's a reason why like alcoholics will die if they don't have alcohol. Like withdrawals are that bad. So what I would do is, I, first of all, I have a delicious decaf. So I don't like. For me, it's about like the taste and the warm cup. It's the association with coffee as much mm. as anything. People are going to get angry when you say nah. decaf, right? <laughs> if you, if you, you, if you haven't tried it properly, yeah. And and like, so what, try like even just like one day on, one day off. Or like two days off a week, five days on. Like find a cycle that works for you till eventually you can do week on, week off. Mm. You know, if, like, if you can do month on, month off, all good. But coffee is actually good. It's a performance enhancing supplement mm -hmm. it's actually shown to have anti-cancerous properties and Ooh. a bunch of other things so coffee yeah. itself is good it's just like don't be jacked up on caffeine the whole mm. time there is an epidemic of v consumption and shit amongst gyms y'all oh yo tell me about it it's man. bad man but so that's just caffeine yeah. and sugar to the extreme mm. but like that's the amount of caffeine you get in a in an energy drink it's just soaring through your system by the next day so if, if you're like no i just can't do without it it's like it's trust me there's your system can mm. And there's high level functioning athletes out there that can. It's because you haven't figured out the right amount of 
macronutrients mm-hmm. for you. You're at the right amount of fat, carb, and protein, but you're not eating enough or timing enough at the right days. You should be able to train like an athlete without being having a gross addiction to caffeine. You'll have an addiction to caffeine, but a gross over-reliance on caffeine, mm. I should say. That's, that's what I noticed. Start well. playing with it and notice your sleep differences. It's very dangerous, like all this energy drinks, bro. I, I, there used to be a it's point, a period really bad, time. dude. Yeah, bro. There yeah. used to be a period of time where I was like having it every day. And then, um, you know, I started to understand a little bit more about it. And I was like, yo, this is not good, man. It's not good. It's like death in a can, bro. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's sugar-free. I'm good. It's like, oh, no, man, there's yo. sugar in that. Like your body is producing insulin in response to whatever fake sugars are in there that's in there or even, yeah. na- even natural stevia and shit your body still responds for sure like a bit of manica honey is going to be mm. the best form of that in the morning but it's still going to get your blood glucose going up mm. and then the problem is is when you're on that train it comes back down and Definitely. so the crash because when you have a large influx of sugar and glucose in the body your body has to produce insulin to do something with it it can't sit in the bloodstream it's toxic so it either goes to the muscles and get used straight away or it gets taken out of the bloodstream and stored mm. so you have insulin in response to that the problem is, is it goes up, insulin comes in and it crashes. And you're chasing this thing throughout the day, which is why people will, if they start with a very high sugary breakfast, cereal, a lot of cereal is dessert for breakfast. Mm. We just haven't clicked onto that for a lot of people. You'll crash a little bit afterwards. Your blood sugar comes down, I should say, instead of a crash. So you want to, your body's like, oh, what, what's going on? So we reach for a convenient quick source of fuel, which is some shitty protein bar, mm. some some kind of carbohydrate muffin type snack convenience eh? convenience that's, that's, convenience yeah. costs though my bro like mm. it, it does and like i'm not saying like i never have this kind of stuff or have days when it's like that but i'm just trying to find that balance better and better every time definitely and if you can be more in tune with your body and your sleep cycles then then that's really important so learning about the sleep cycles is really big yeah there's more to it than just caffeine consumption the other biggest factor there is light pollution and how Ooh. that affects you light pollution Okay, I, yeah, I gotta pee on. like a pregnant woman. Can I go? Yeah, go, go for it. Feel go. free to cut yeah. that out of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> so another really big factor on sleep, and this is one of the hardest things for me. So again, anything I talk about and discuss, it's not like I'm I'm someone who's got it perfect mm-hmm. and figured it out. I'm a, I'm just aware of it because generally I've struggled with it. That's why I'm I'm okay to coach people about joint health and mobility. Because I've always been stiff as a board mm. and broken in so many places. Mm. That's why I qualify to talk about it because I'm working on it. So the biggest one for me, the biggest battle is about light pollution and how that affects your sleep and recovery. I'm sorry to just get you move a little bit closer to my... Yeah, sorry. Up. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't... I've, I've expressed how important sleep is. There's way more things I could tell about how important it is to try and convince people. But let me just leave it at the fact that it is literally how you recover your hormones for the upcoming day. It's the Matthew Walker in his book, um, Sleep. It's amazing, really, to be honest, if you want to learn about it. He's got a great book on all these podcasts. He's got a good Joe Rogan as well, where they talk about it, which is why I found out to him and then read his book. But he talks about the, how the scientific literature has shown that even just the state of being awake is low-level brain damage. Hmm. The byproducts of your brain having to work all day causes negative byproducts, and those are only repaired and recovered during sleep, right? The beta amyloid plaques, the damaging components that are found in people's brains with Alzheimer's, dementia, which is a bigger risk for the fight community because of key concussions and knocks, the only thing that has been shown to get rid of those beta amyloid plaques has been found to be in the deep stages of REM sleep. So if you're not getting into that Deeper stage of sleep, we were talking about one because of caffeine and alcohol and a bunch of things that stop you getting in there effectively. 
you're not going to be recovering the damage. So from an energy point of view, from a hormones as in like how your body functions and how you feel for the next day, and then from a damage point of view, your sleep is the most important factor. We talked about how caffeine can impact that. The other one can do it as light pollution. The easy way to think about it is over millions of years of evolution before electricity. I don't know, what was it, 700, 300 years ago? How long was electricity invented? Um, I know we, the number, but I just bit, can't, right? yeah, Industrial yeah, revolution, can't 700 years ago. So I don't know what electricity is. Someone's probably screaming on the other end. <laughs> like, fucking idiots. <laughs> well, we all <laughs> are. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? Because sometimes mm. you're like, you think it was like 700 years ago mm. and it was like 150 or 200 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's not that long It's not that long ago. There's right? a few things that um, I, I recently was listening to a lot of stuff yeah. and there were a few things that um, are actually not as... You know, yeah, it doesn't far, go as far, far back as we thought it was. Yeah, like you think Picasso is from like the 14th century. It's like, <laughs> no, he was alive a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, Listen there. Um, anyway, talking about the light. So because of natural evolution, Homo sapiens been around for millions of years, we always raised with the sun because we could see we're not night creatures. And then we would go to sleep with the setting sun. So the circadian rhythm, the rhythm of the day-night cycle has always ruled our bodies and our hormones and how our bodies adapt to it. Okay. The problem is now is we have artificial light. We have literally fake suns mm -hmm. inside our house, right? This is what's lighting us now, especially the blue spectrum. That's why if you look at that quite brickly, it's quite bright. Mm -hmm. You can't stare at the sun too much. This is screaming daytime at us. So the issue being now is as the sun starts to set and normally your body starts to go through, hey, getting ready for sleep cycles and those hormones are starting to change, it's cortisol and serotonin. So, no, cortisol and melatonin mm. are the two hormones. Awake, daytime, on, I'm on, I'm ready to go, that's cortisol, okay? So cortisol is, people think of it as a stress hormone, it's just like awake and alertness hormone. Melatonin is the get good sleep hormone. It's not just get to sleep, it's the get good sleep hormone. So as the sun starts to set and you start to reduce exposure to light, you're increasing the melatonin. Your body will naturally start to produce the right amount of melatonin to switch you into that stages of sleep and cortisol will go down as melatonin goes up. And as you wake up in the morning and you expose yourself to light and sunlight and you start getting awake and that's why like exercise in the morning can be really good because it spikes your cortisol. Mm -hmm. So you, you're, you're doing the inverse of relationship and you're ready to go which is also why getting exposure to sunlight first thing in the morning is very important. People just wake up from their house and they go, they don't actually get the vitamin D and the conversion from the sun itself. The rays from the sun are very important. Mm. So if you can get at least 20 minutes of direct sunlight onto your skin for immune function, a whole bunch of other things, really important. Have your morning coffee outside, even if it's cold. Mm. Try not have it through a window. Try being direct sunlight, even if it's overcast. Yeah, for someone who, especially if, if you're someone who works indoors all yeah, day, yep. you know, the, real problem. the importance of like being outside, like yep. it's, a, it's a huge thing. Yep. Like, but for me, I'm outside all the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, I have a lot of it. So sometimes yeah. I just wish I was inside, True. bro. You know? <laughs> especially when you're hanging onto a building and it's a hell of a nail out there, bro. And you're just like desperately ripping your shoulder out with a... <laughs> squeegee <laughs> i know bro it's crazy it's crazy but yeah it's yeah. It, it's funny right like when you think about it you know people who are outside want to be inside it's a big problem so people in like the north american countries with the because of the equator they get much less daylight mm. right they get there's periods where they only get two hours of daylight a day yeah. or whatever it is it's a depression and anxiety related to that is a huge thing because it fucks mm. with the hormones it screws up your hormonal equation for you to be able to have a regular balance between certain things because of the, the lack of daylight exposure. So they'll have little LED light diodes that they can put into the receptors of the ears because it's very sensitive mm. and try and stimulate that light. The biggest 
issue I see for people and the strategies where they go wrong, and myself included, because I'm a gamer, love to game. Shout out to the <laughs> sweetie squad. Those are my boys. I play with them all the time. It's just, it's my thing. I love to yeah. do it. But people love content, right? We'll watch screens, TVs, whatever your poison is. We're generally going to have our attention taken by some kind of device, and that's fine. The issue is, is that device emits blue light, a lot of blue light, which is the spectrum of light that has been shown to suppress melatonin the most. So as the sun goes down and your body normally starts to raise its melatonin, getting ready for the sleep, you're blasting it with daylight and you're not you're suppressing the amount of melatonin release. They've done some studies where not the eyes are the most sensitive because they have the largest proportion of photoreceptors, so they take in light photons, but we also have them on our skin. They've done studies where they put people to sleep and they put a small LED and taped it to the back of their knee. And then as they mm. slept, they studied, they, they recorded the amount of melatonin stuff they produced and found that it was suppressed huge amounts, 40%, I believe, Ooh. of suppression of melatonin. It's also why if you wake up in the middle of the night, check your phone, it's just like yeah. blasted by yeah, it because it's right. fake daylight being shot at you. Mm. And like, so I hate going to the bathroom and have my light on. So in my room, I have Himalayan salt lamps just because it's like oh. a nice soft orange glow. Yeah, so bro. you don't have to flick a giant bright light on just before bed because you don't want to be screaming daytime just before you go to sleep. Mm. Nighttime. Yeah. 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 Like that whole switch light off and then Huge. go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So there's other strategies. So like on my, on my computer, I've got a, a, a that night mode. Isn't exactly. that why a lot That's of PCs it. now they have that? Yeah. 100%. Has and then it takes out the blue spectrum gives you an orange glow so like straight away you feel your eyes relax when mm -hmm. mine's called f.lux and it comes on it it's it's still light mm -hmm. and it's still not the best that's why when you go camping you're asleep by like eight or nine o'clock yeah, real early because the sun's down it's mm -hmm. been down for two hours so the issue for me is i'll play games till late or i'll watch content or whatever like that and then it's like all right time to shut down because i'm i think i'm a creature of the night but i think of what i've done is just developed habits where i stay up <laughs> late right yeah like the rest of us that's um yeah that's one thing I tried to um cause like it's when you when you have a lot of work to do or you want to do work you want that unwind time at the end as yeah, well yeah yeah you know and I, I I found myself in like this I need to tell myself to stop yeah and go to sleep and yeah. rest yeah because like I when I for me when I start something I want to keep going and. Mm. I have this. I don't know if it's a, a, a yeah, like, obsessive compulsive. Yeah, we all are on certain yeah, degrees, and like, I think so. when like it's 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 really dangerous sometimes because like when I start something, I make sure that I want to do it till I yeah. get it done. Yeah. And sometimes like some of the things that I do might take yeah. a very long time. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. and then ends up in having like lack of sleep, you know, stuff like that. And then you know, I I start to realize that was a very dangerous, um, yeah. you know, hole that I was falling into. So I was like, nah, at least minimum every day i want to have my six you know if worst case scenario i want my six hours you know i think isn't that what they say as well that like the bare minimum, minimum. you really need to have and even, like even then hours, i yeah. think the scientific literature seems to report seven to eight yeah i think eight is More. the ideal i sleep nine to ten hours sometimes Ooh, yo, straight up yeah, yeah yeah that's good bro like, yeah. i enjoy you know just having those days where you can just like have that yep. you know nine ten hours it's of sleep. one area of my life i no longer compromise on mm. I can still be Sleep. really silly and go to bed far too late, but I'll try my best to prioritize like good sleep as much as anything because it makes the biggest difference. Do you use anything to record like, uh, you know, how they have like the... Uh, I'm, my, I, the aura ring would be the thing I would oh, go yes. for. I know the UFC boys got given mm. them when they came back. If none of you are using it, holler at yeah. Hey guys, stop letting your body go on in pain and feeling sore all the time, man. Start putting some deposits in your health bank and take care of your vessel. Go get yourself an amazing massage gun from Sharpen Recovery. It's a very affordable and lasts a long time. Highly recommend it. It probably costs less than five meals outside and definitely cheaper than a pair of shoes. 
instead of getting something that's going to be on your feet why not get this massage gun to massage those feet and legs go to sharpenedrecovery.com and use the code ali channel for 20 percent off your guns yes 20 percent you can thank me later so what are you waiting for guys go get yourself some amazing gear I've thought about it quite a bit and yeah. like I was saying like things like the aura ring do really interest me because it's mm. a lot of tracking things and um, there's two schools of thought with that there's the biohacker the pioneer they call them that love like measuring all the metrics mm. and things like that it's like the whoop stretch yeah yeah, stuff, yeah which 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 can be a really powerful strategy because if you could measure it you can change it which is quite a cool thing I just honestly I try and intuitively just go by how I feel like mm. where's my energy where's my mood am I more irritable am I hungry am I reaching for foods that I normally wouldn't reach for right am I going for like a really like delicious pie or stuffed mm. bun or something like that as opposed to like a more you know like I said protein fat carbohydrate rich food and something like that so I try and go for that more than just measuring it's not to say that I haven't I've used um an HRV monitor yeah before because mm -hmm. that's a pretty good indicator if you're overtraining or not how your variability is doing between your nervous system and your heart rate um so yeah you can use a bunch of different ones out there i always encourage people to research a little bit just even to read a few articles and reviews on them because some aren't as good as yeah. you think they are and i don't like i i try not have unnecessary exposure to bluetooth and recording things especially when you're sleeping if you can if i if i ideally if i could have my room blacked out from wi-fi signals by putting this black matting in the wall i would mm. but like you know and the other point on this which i think is important to discuss is like an aura ring is like maybe 400 us dollars like it's not a cheap device yeah it is quite you, you, pricey, you can yeah. get some things that you put on your phone and you put it under your mattress i don't ever want to sleep with my phone in my room if i'm honest <laughs> um or if i do put it on airplane mode so it's not constantly receiving so how shit. do you wait okay, you don't you don't sleep with your phone in your room no. so how do you how what kind of alarm do you use my partner for? sleeps with hers in the room and i can't uh, change okay. that <laughs> I, I started trying to use this watch in the alarm yeah. she doesn't yeah. like it and she has a nice alarm on her phone but yeah. i'll try and always make sure hers is on airplane mode yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah but that's 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 also the issue right is mm. we don't have actual alarms and stuff yeah. there so but just put your phone on airplane mode so it's mm. not beeping and bothering you and yeah. receiving notifications and stuff like but, that. but um the point i wanted to make is there's a lot of like these strategies that we discuss from a health point of view there's always like a high-end variant which is going to be very expensive mm -hmm. and there's always like a low-end simple strategy people always look for what they can pay for for things without applying the free and easy strategy so it's called go for the low-hanging fruit mm. right if there's a if there's a right tree that you're like oh i like the look of that i know someone's told me it's delicious i'm gonna go try it mm. you're not gonna reach for the fruit at the top that you have to climb all these things for that's the cost go for the low-hanging fruit first and so in, in the case, we're talking about this guy with cryotherapy and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like cold immersion, and we talked about the cold packs and stuff. That That's an amazing strategy to implement for people, ice bathing with your Wim Hof. That's the low-hanging fruit, learning how to breathe, which is free and available to you. And there's hundreds and hundreds of different podcasts and discussions mm -hmm. and articles Heaps on that. Dunking in some cold water or turning the cold shower there. You don't have to spend sixty dollars on a cryotherapy thing. Now, it's not to say going to full body cryo wouldn't be an amazing experience for you. And if you could do that regularly, would you be better off? Probably. But the low hanging fruit is that. So paying attention to how you feel and being more in tune with your body to me is more more valuable than just buying a sleep measuring device. It's not to say that that couldn't be a very powerful strategy for you. It could be more powerful for you than for me, depending on how you are and how you work. But 
you know, like don't let the cost be a barrier to to to, to figuring out your sleep. To trying to fix some stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the struggles in like this day and age. So like everybody's trying to do a lot of things. Yeah. In a limit, you know, you only have twenty four hours in a day. Yeah. And you're trying to do as much as you can, and sure. you're forgetting that sleep. You know, and in the long run, it's just it's an investment have, into the health yeah. account. That that's really it. Like it's the best deposit into the health account, but. Learning about sleep strategies, sleep strategies, that's an investment because it means you're, you're just going to get more deposits. You're going to get more deposits every time. It's like getting a bigger paycheck. It's like a pay rise because you're investing in it. Same thing with figuring out like your shoulder pain and learning mm -hmm. on how that works and working on the mobility. That's an investment because it means every time you do a withdrawal from the account and you do some dynamic movements, it's, there's not as high an interest rate on it because it's working well. You've Definitely. taught it to work well. Definitely. Mm. Oh, well, anyway, Theo, we've come to the section now. Wise words from the wise man. <laughs> hey. So, Theo, for the people watching, listening, if you uh, can give them some advice, man, what would it be? Hmm. Well, if you haven't listened to anything I've said so far. That's already a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would go back to that same point. It's just like invest in yourself. You know, take care of take care of yourself like you're someone that you're responsible for taking care of. Even if you love your family more than you and whatever, and you have to take care of other people, invest in yourself so that you can be better for them. Learn how each little system fits into the whole. And it could just be like what I the whole thing I've ranted on this whole time might be a bit overwhelming for people. It's the first time they've heard about it, or they might have touched on a few of these topics and be like, "All right, I'm going to learn a little bit more about sauna and cold or." sleeping and I'm, I'm going to be a bit more aware about my caffeine just like add little tidbits throughout the day like listen listen to someone read an article on something like be a studied person because we're in an unprecedented time in history to have access to content like that you have the library of alexandria in your phone if you wanted to be a, a, a knowledgeable about something in the past you had to go to extreme lengths to get it it's um there very is minimum excuse for for ignorance now it's just a lack of desire because everybody, well, not everybody, but the majority of the world has access to a smartphone or the internet and information. So pick up little things and people that you like listening to. Start building a community of people around you that are interested in it or be the person that introduces it to your community. When you turn up to training or you turn up to work or you turn up to your hangouts, Broach the topic on sleep. Be like, man, I've been kind of playing with changing up my coffee a little bit. You know, the last few days I haven't had any after lunch and I, th I think I feel a bit better. And then someone else is like, oh, yeah, bro, I've been trying this thing. Or make it part of your conversation. Make it part of your culture to to prioritize health and invest in health and talk about it in a positive way because that's how we'll all grow from it. And the more people are invested in their health, at some point along the journey, they realize they've got to take care of the planet. You need real nutrients from your soil. So I think like that's kind of why I'm on this journey to do it because I feel like the more you can get people invested in their own health and individually we all want to do that because we're selfish creatures and that's fine. Like Take care of yourself. But you'll learn that in order to do that as best as possible or well, you have to take care of everything. Everyone else needs a fair chance. Everyone else needs a fair chance. You need to take care of the nutrients. You need to take care of the soil. You need ethical farming practices and the lot. So yeah, invest in yourself. Yeah, man. That's, <laughs> you know, what you said, something there about, um, I think 100% agree, like with the normalizing, talking to your friends about these things, yeah. you know, be, make it like part of your conversations. 
like you know instead of just like talking about you know this that the next thing you want to buy or that pretty girl or yeah. you know who you're with you know all, like, all that little things talk about how to improve like maybe your sleep or yeah. talk about hey man like I, I've, I've tried this new breathing technique yeah. from uh you know the breathing guru dave yeah. you know like yeah. and it's like it helped me in this way that way like or you know, hey, I listened to uh, David Neath talk about like yep. you know uh, his mindset and like yep. uh, how to do you know all these things. Like that, I think we should need we should have more of that. Hundred percent. And if you if you're trying to introduce that, and all the people that you're with want to talk mm. about is just like shoes and a car or something, or or something, or they don't respond to that. Mm. Find some friends that do. Exactly. I'm not saying yeah. get rid of those people, but I'm just saying like try surround yourself by people that challenge you in that way and add to you there exactly. because it's it's cumulative. It's it's a compounding thing that grows. Hundred percent. And what I love about doing like stuff like this, you know, mm. having all these podcasts is, you know, I always, you know, I for me how I look at it as well is like there's so much that people can benefit from all the people who are on here, like yourself, you know, and. There's so much that people can benefit from. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like sometimes I'm quite selfish. Even if people don't benefit anything, I benefit from it. <laughs> That's why Joe Rogan's fucking laughing all the way in the bank. He's just having conversations and getting people yeah, from the bro. highest levels of the it's world talking to him. Crazy, man. And, you know, one of the, one, like, for, uh, for example, one of the things that I think um, is really important was like, you know, when I did uh, the podcast with Richie Hardcore, mm-hmm. Man, that was an amazing podcast. Mm. But um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for the guy and what he's doing for Me like too. the community, talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's just challenging people to talk about things that yep. people don't usually talk about yep. and to address these things and to like, give them a know, different lens by which they can view what they're doing. Exactly, as well, bro. Man. Like it's yeah. it's like it's really important. Mental yeah. health is really important, man. Um, if you are not in a good state of like, we talk about sleep, we talk about recovery, training, this, that, all these other things. But like, if your head's not, if you think about yep. it, man, if you're not in the right, a good head space. And it's easy to fall into that trap, man. And like, mm. I've been there, I've dealt with depression and anxiety and suicide and these things here. It's like, which is why I'm such a big proponent to, to figuring out how to get the small things right. Mm. Because when, when, when the mind starts going bad or turning against you or just you're just struggling, it's very easy to fall off these things and they have a very deleterious effect on the mental state mm. because if you're not sleeping right, you're not getting the right hormones, exactly. which is affecting your mood and how you think. Mm. Because of that, you're not going to want to train. You're not going to be motivated. Because of that, you're probably going to seek comfort food, which is higher in glucose and spiking these crappy things, which further impacts your sleep and not eating much. And so there's these compounding things. So it's yes, a, for sure, you have to look at it from each point of view. It's a vicious cycle. But you have to understand how it fits into the whole. And the more awareness you can bring to that, I think the better human you will be and the better you can be as a contributor to this planet. No people definitely yeah. man um anyway uh theo i don't want to keep you on uh, too long uh but besides this uh you know your amazing adventures to mexico it's going to be very soon was Ooh. it in, in three weeks si, three weeks yeah have you have you brushed up on your spanish before heading off or? not as much no but i'm fortunate i do have i'm because my, my heritage is french i've got that in the back pocket yeah and i can understand quite a bit of what's going on with spanish mm. and i've spent some time in spanish-speaking areas in like peru and some south america yeah. but i need to i need to touch up on it for sure yeah definitely yeah. had to touch up on that a little bit but um besides that what, what are some of the other interesting plans that you have uh in, in the near future 
Um, so yeah, it's honestly just to work on on these workshops. Mm. That's that's my main goal for now. I'm still going to keep some clients on board and do some like health coaching and performance coaching. And as soon as I come back to New Zealand, I'm going to go back with um, Gabriel and the team at Physiologic. Mm. Shout out to Gabe as well. He's an amazing dude who's helped me a lot. Because um, you've been him with him for quite a while, maybe almost two years now. Mm. Yeah, I moved to Auckland. He's the perfect opportunity for me developing my physio skills. Him and the team there. So that's why if there's anyone who's hurt in the body go see him and the rest of the team and me when I come back. But there's a reason all the UFC guys get treated by Gabe because mm -hmm. he's a wizard like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And definitely, man, when you uh, do launch your program, I'll be mm. probably one of the, one Thank of the you. first few people that will be uh, there to support you. To and uh, not only just to support you, yeah. but I'm genuinely keen to yep. learn from what you have to share and teach, nice. man. And, uh, I'm sure there are a few other people who, uh, you know, close friends of mine who will yeah. definitely be interested as well. To go. Means a lot. Uh, but yeah, we will support you, man. Um, Theo, again, uh, before you, uh, you know, head off, um, I just want to wish you uh, safe travels you. Uh, to Mexico. Uh, it is, um, you know, can be quite a dangerous place, but yeah. so so can everywhere else, yep. you know, can be a dangerous place as well. And uh, I hope you take care of yourself up there. Have a good time and um, just put everything, you know, gives you, you know, sometimes you got to take yourself away from uh, you know your comfort zones that's when i'm at my best yeah to push yourself like i feel like sometimes i mean for myself as well uh one of the big things of starting this whole podcast cool. and like moving out of where i previously was in hamilton moving to auckland and doing all of this was to get myself out of that com that comfort zone yep. and that you know that period of my life where i, I was just getting way too comfortable yeah, yeah. and it just didn't seem right you know yeah. and i want to achieve things i want you know to to have all these plans and whatnot. So, uh, you know, it's it's just sometimes I think as uh, as much as we all are rooted uh, into the positions we are in our lives, yeah, like yeah. we have to kind of put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, safe travels to you. Um, ooh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, safe travels to you, Theo. And thank you so much for your time today, coming down, doing this podcast with us. Really appreciate it, man. And sharing all this wisdom and knowledge brother oh, the you mine, know man. Um, like so a, i love this so so <laughs> much to gain thing. so much to gain for this one and uh this is definitely not going to be our last uh podcast we're definitely going to do more in the future and uh yeah man Theo, i um hope to see you do big and great things again thank, thank you. you very much Theo, and uh we'll catch you soon keep in touch and uh, for guys who have been staying on this far man thank you so much for watching listening and mm. i'll see you guys on the next one. Oh, oh. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon.